This episode of the Busted Wide Open podcast is brought to you by Blueberry. Blueberry offers the best media hosting, accurate listening stats, and their all-new PowerPress Deluxe Sites, a no-setup WordPress website for your podcast with all the necessary links to share your show with the world built right in. If you currently produce a podcast and are looking for a better host, or if you're looking to start a new one from scratch, head over to orbitaljigsaw.com slash BWO and sign up for the best media hosting and a PowerPress Deluxe site to get your first month absolutely free. That's orbitaljigsaw.com slash BWO or just use the promo code BWO at checkout for your first month absolutely free. And now, enjoy the show. ¿Qué tal amigos? Les habla el cero miedo de la lucha libre, Pentagon Junior, para mandar un saludo a todos mis amigos de este podcast, y ya saben, puro cero miedo. You're listening to the Busted Wide Open Podcast, dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling, with your hosts, Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous. Coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome back to the Busted Wide Open Podcast, but if this is your first time joining the show, I'd like to welcome you to episode number 203. Still sitting here with a busted ass wing. My name is Nick Howell. And still putting objects back on my shelves after Lee and Dijak made the entire left coast shake like it was game four of the 1989 World Series. I am Sir Ian Dangerous and welcome to the show. Oh. And welcome back, Nick. Well, welcome I'm back, sir. mostly here. I'm, I'm still <laughs> p- partially here, you could say. But yeah, well, thank you. Welcome, thank you. Welcome back 90% of, of Nick and the rest got left on the operating room floor. How did it all go? Let everyone know what happened. We, we obviously had to, we had to have you covered while you were gone. Yes. But uh, how are you doing? Uh, good news, bad news. Uh, we'll, we'll start with the bad news and get that out of the way. I had a pretty severe bicep tear. How did you uh, bicep do that? tendon tear. Uh, it was from a partial separation last Memorial Day. So I basically tore it being pulled up out of a chair, right? Uh-huh. Just something simple and trivial like that and pop, 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 crunch, crunch, crunch. So lived with it for nine months going, ah, it's fine. Take some ibuprofen. Not a big deal. All through the summer, all through the move in December. If you guys remember all of that, moving this whole thing. I'm a big, tough, strong man. I don't need no surgery. Well, I did. <laughs> the That was the bad news. I really tore up my bicep tendon. Uh, the good news is, the thing that I was really scared about, uh, is that I did not damage my rotator cuff in any way. So this is not going to be a short, trivial recovery in any way, but it is also not going to be a four-month miserable rotator cuff recovery process so yes so (laughs) yes i'm sitting here in a sling in case you're not watching on youtube hi chat how you doing guys thanks for joining us uh but yeah if you're just listening to the audio you can't see this sling and cushion and all of this contraption that i got wrapped around and how i'm gonna run this whole thing basically with one finger I've got the simon miller finger of power over here that's able to control this whole thing for me so yeah, it's it's a little bit awkward and weird being right-handed and having to do everything with your left hand and it's, you know, it's not just writing, but it's like mouse clicking, things we take for granted, adjusting the level on your seat that's always on the right side that I can't read. 
life is interesting uh, without both arms, for sure. So over there, now that you're having to operate solely with the finger poke of doom, is it safe to say <laughs> that you're going to take it easy with masturbation next time? And you're just going to not try to rip your arm out of its socket? Getting out of the chair, my eye. Guys, well, I want to make sure you come over and join us <laughs> yep. in the Facebook discussion group because that's where we all hang out. And Ian makes Bingo. terrible jokes just like that one. Hey. Uh, <laughs> Uh, go ahead and head over to Facebook.com. Search for Busted Wide Open. Uh, like our pages. Send us a join request to get right into the group with the rest of the phenomenal ones. And also you'll find links to all kinds of good stuff, funny memes, news articles, and our Discord server where you want to get into our uh, live chat community throughout the week. We have uh, dedicated chat channels for all of the shows that happen throughout the week as well as pay-per-views uh, get their own special channels like we had last weekend for NXT TakeOver Portland, which... I hear might have been a good show. Uh, I hate right. that I missed not being able to weigh in on that one, but uh, luckily you guys were still able to uh, to get that one out, and I appreciate both of you for doing that. Yeah, shout out to JB for filling in while you were gone. If you didn't listen to last episode, we did have a guest host, the lovely and talented JB. Uh, so thank you very much to her for stepping up and stepping in and, and hanging out and helping us. That was awesome. Yeah, she did all right. It was, it was pretty yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, I think she, I think she's very good. Yeah. Nick, is there, is there a problem over there? Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Uh -huh. uh, you can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at BWO Podcast, streaming live right here on YouTube at youtube.com slash busted wide open. Folks, we have hit a milestone. We have hit 500 subscribers as of this morning. Halfway good. there, let's get it done by WrestleMania. Tell your friends, tell your family. Get us to 1,000 subscribers. Uh, it is a huge, big deal for us for a budding new channel to hit that kind of milestone that fast. So please help us get there. Uh, it will mean the world to us. Uh, so, yes, make sure you subscribe and make sure you got your notifications turned on so that we get notified. you get notified anytime we go live or put up new content. Tell your family. Tell your friends. <laughs> tell your mama. Tell your papa. Tell your grandpa. If you, have, if you have subscribe. 27 different accounts and channels, I, I would not be mad if you used all 27 of them to hit that big old red shiny subscribe button. If you have a legion of robots like yes. Dr. Doom, yes. get them all to sign up too. Yes. Yeah. And last but certainly not least, our patrons. Shout out to you guys uh, for all of your support every single month. We love you uh, for all of that. And I am once again behind on Nick Booking version 2.0, diligently working to get that done. The uh, drugs that I've been on the last few days have unfortunately hindered me from making any progress on that. But now that, that should have helped. That should have uh, helped. Well, me. it doesn't help with things like motor skills <laughs> and actually, like, I could have rambled. Oh, yeah. Jackson Riker's going to main event against Nia Jax. Yeah, I could have done that, but it probably would have made more sense than what I'm actually putting together. Hint, hint, wink, wink. Oh, no. Uh, oh, oh, no. Be afraid. Be very afraid. Uh, but if you guys would like to get on some in on some of those exclusives, head over to patreon.com slash BWO. Sign up for one of those awesome reward tiers that we've got broken out for you. Anywhere from a dollar in the tip jar all the way up to $1,000 a month. Nature Boy, Ric Flair, limo riding, kiss stealing status. You can get anything you want over there. Bonus episodes, sweet swag, Skype calls with me and Ian once a month, all kinds of good stuff. Patreon.com slash BWO. But Ian, as always, the Saturday show mm. is packed as we Big. had some mammoth, mammoth content this week. So let's not waste any time and kick things over and talk about all elite wrestling.
Yes, All Elite Wrestling was actually, I think, Nick, if I were to go on record, I would say this is probably their best show they've had on TV. This was I'm going to go. Stacked. I'm going to double down on you and go two weeks in a row. I will say they've been that. killing it. Yeah, yep. they've been killing it. And this week was just it was front to back. Uh, even the low points weren't that low, really, at the end of the day. Uh, they started off with a tag team battle royale. This was to determine the number one contenders just to the tag team titles. I like how they pr presented this, where they said, look, we don't know if it's going to be Kenny Omega and Hangman or Lucha Brothers by the end of the night. It's just for if you want to have a tag team title match at the pay-per-view, you got to win this battle royale. And right. it was it was everybody. Uh, they kind of threw some of the rules and logic out the windows a little bit in terms of like who was in the ring and when people got in the ring. And some people just hung out outside the ring until it was their turn to get in, uh, like Santana and Ortiz in the Dark Order. But what a, you know what? That was a, it was an amazing match. It was a lot of fun, a lot of really fun spots, crazy spots. A lot of people got to look good. This I like was a, this a great spin the on the elimination style where you didn't automatically get eliminated if your team, like you were still yeah. in it. Like we saw, um, we saw, oh God, Angelico go out early, or, or Jack Evans go out early, but Angelico was still in it, right? Right. So, and that's so, actually, that, that actually played into the finish of the whole thing, too. Totally. Where, you know, you had people that get eliminated early, but their team was still involved all the way up till the end and even the finish. Um, so this was, this was a lot of fun as a result, and it actually got some shine on people that wouldn't otherwise have gotten shine. Butcher finally looked like an absolute monster. He and uh, 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 Luchasaurus went toe-to-toe -to -toe at one point, and it was a nice hoss fight in the middle of this thing. Um, and there was a whole subplot, subplot about Dark Order you know, calling out SCU uh, and eliminating them. And then they brawled into the audience uh, along with Shima. And then we saw in the audience, this was interesting. We saw, for whatever reason, just sitting there in the crowd, refusing to move while anyone was getting tossed around him, was Raven, who, if we're looking for an exalted one and Matt Hardy falls through, my number one pick would be Raven. That He would be a fantastic exalted one. So if that's a little tease or a little like, Hey, let's throw some salt into the uh, the social media world and have everyone. Oh, could it be Raven? Oh, um, it worked. It worked. I immediately went. Oh God! I'm wondering oh, God, if it's Raven's a little fuck. too in your face obvious. That's yeah. <laughs> it's it's like a misdirect of some sort because That's I also I noticed in something like this tag team elimination battle royale, we were still absent one Christopher Daniels. Yes. And, and if I had to put my money on someone that would that has been playing along with that, oh, no. I'm sitting here going, where's Christopher? Di where's the fallen angel? See, but that feels like the again, biggest right? red herring to me is they're making it so obvious. Oh, Christopher Daniels isn't around. Maybe he's the exalted one. And I'm like, no, that's, that's But you're buying obvious. into Raven just randomly sitting in the middle of the aisle in, in the crowd. buying into a damn thing. I'm merely <laughs> saying that's a really fun like, – I think that's a misdirect too. Yeah. I honestly think that's a, that's a way for them just kind of like for the fans who are paying attention to kind of be like, uh, what if Raven? And then we're like, okay, it's not really. Hopefully, <gasps> oh. hopefully, I mean, because here's the thing. I feel like a lot of people who casually watch aren't going to see Matt Hardy coming. You know what I mean? I don't think they're reading the dirt sheets or, or listening to this sort of stuff and saying, oh, yeah, Matt Hardy. He's absolutely the exalted one. And if they are, then maybe, you know, it, this could go a couple of ways. Maybe Raven's getting thrown in there to throw people off a double swerve, double, double blind, you know what I mean? Where but let's we're like, clear. oh, yeah, it's not Raven. It, it's, it could be Vince McMahon for all we know. This is all speculation. Like, we have no... It was no... me, Cody. It was me all along. <laughs> it was me all along. 
<laughs> How brilliant would that be, by the way? Uh, um, no, the whole wrestling world would burn. It would if just it was like revealed implode that, on itself. Right. Tony Khan was not the real power behind AEW. It was Vince McMahon. Oh, forget it. Forget it. Everyone just throw, everyone AEW kind of would throw up their uh, papers and be like, I'm out. I'm done. Have Never you ever seen again. a star collapse? That would be uh, the wrestling community. It's <laughs> 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 <just> done. Yeah. <laughs> Poof. Uh, so no, so we dark, dark order teasing that the exalted, that's the thing is they, they were in the front row saying the exalted one is near and Raven sitting two rows behind him, you know? So it was stuff like that. That made me kind of laugh. Uh, uh, Shima walked off with one of their masks. Uh, like he might join. So there's a couple of little like hints out there that the dark order is possibly growing. Uh, but the end of this match was where things got interesting because at the end it was, it was proud and powerful. Santana and Ortiz and butcher and Matt Jackson. Cause Nick had been eliminated halfway through the match. And Matt just like hulked up and took all three of them out. Uh, he speared Blade out from between the middle ropes, or sorry, uh, Butcher out from between the middle ropes. And then he took out Santana and Ortiz after almost being tossed out a couple of times. Did this kind of make Santana and Ortiz look like goobers for not being able to take out Matt, Har- uh, Matt Hardy? <laughs> uh, Matt Jackson? Or what? Ha- I mean, how did, what did you think about this finish? Was it, was it exciting? Because the crowd loved it. And it oh, did it- feel like, you know. Cool and they have to be but. up. I love stuff. I love underdog kind of, you know, at odds and not able to, you know, against all odds, I should say, somehow pulling off the victory. I thought it was fantastic. Um, and it was sort of inevitable that we were going to have this clash between the Young Bucks and Hangman and Adam Page and Kenny Omega. I, I didn't think they'd pull the trigger on it this fast. This is interesting. Um, and I'm anxious to see how this is all going to play out. Because we've now booked this. This is the tag team match we're getting at Revolution for that, the championship. But that's, that's kind of it. Wasn't it kind of an obvious storyline where they have the tension between Hangman and the Bucks? Sure. And now all of a sudden. But I, I figured we were looking at three more months of storyline. Like maybe get to double double or nothing in May, and you know then we oh, do something with no, it. Let's, they let's, couldn't let's, drag let's wind this long. road a little bit more because it's been what windy. We've, Nick, we've seen the last two or three weeks. The hangman has actually come really over with the crowd. There was a bit of confusion there for a while of like what to make of it, but everybody's kind of gone to the hangman side now. And they're like, drink my beer, hangman. And they get cheered. Yeah. And, and the but young bucks look like assholes now. But they've got to strike while it's hot. And this angle isn't sure. going to last all the way to the summer. Like they've got to do this now. So yeah. I think it's the right thing to do. It was starting to get stale. They have to get to the next stage of whatever they're planning with this whole angle with hangman and, and the young bucks. So it makes total sense the young bucks should win here. Um, I kind of figured that they were going to. I just didn't think they were going to do it in this way where Matt looked super strong at the end, or rather that he came back in such a way. So that was a little surprising, but it was exciting. It was a great match, so I have really no complaints. Chris Statlander versus Shanna was next. Uh, Shanna coming out in the Dragon Ball Z cosplay. I know she's done that a a few times over in Stardom. Uh, I want to point out for the Dragon Ball Z heads, she was wearing the the Goku uh, label on there. She was not trained by Master. That was not the Master Roshi Turtle. And it was not the King Kai. That was the Goku. That was after he uh, trained himself on his way to fight Frieza. So, yes, yes that is uh, that she was going final. <laughs> final. Put <laughs> your glasses up there, sir. <laughs> uh, yes, uh, Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> can, I, can I say something about the women's division in general before we get too deep into this as a match? Knock yourself out. I, I want to look at this glass half full. We've been on and on and on about how I have specifically. I'll speak for myself. I've been on and on about how I'm not sure the Joshi Wrestling uh, ladies are going to be able to get over this quickly and like right out of the gate. Uh, and we kind of saw that failed experiment with Riho. It also helps 
It doesn't help when she doesn't show up as the champion, <clears throat> Brock Lesnar. But she's not Brock Lesnar, right? So I, I feel like this, combined with the sort of fail-fast mentality of the Nightmare Collective, we also had Brandy on commentary. So we had the combination of... This felt like a reset button for me. This felt like, okay, we've got the title on Nyla Rose now. It's probably what we should have done to start with. Let's start finding her number one contender, and it's probably going to be Chris Statlander or Shanna. It's probably going to be Chris Statlander. But we also introduced a big swole into the picture. So this whole right. thing... I, I want to be positive about it because it feels like the reset button we've sort of been waiting for for the last month or so. Yeah, and it does feel that way. It feels like like, like Nyla winning is a reset, and she did have a promo after this match where she came out and announced that she was, uh, you know, the dominant champ, and no one's going to take it off of her. And and it's it's she she rewritten history and said, look, this is how it should have been all along. This is destiny. Um, and as you said, Chris Statlander came out after having won her match against uh, uh, Shanna earlier and is now, I think, number two. Riho still has the best record, but Statlander is right behind her. Um, and then she came out and confronted Nyla. And then before she could really do anything, out came Big Swole and really got in Nyla's face and kind of pushed him down. So I have a feeling that Swole is going to be the first one to come after Nyla. Uh, and Statlander, we're all going to be knowing the Statlander's there. At some point, she's going to get that championship yeah. uh, run. So, yeah, I'm I'm feeling a lot better with how things are directed now. It feels a lot cleaner. It feels like a lot more like we know who's who now in the women's division. Yeah. Um, and if they wanted to prop up someone like uh, Hikaru Shida or something like that to include them in this, they still could. I think they need so. time to build up Hikaru Shida and uh, some of the Amy Sakura. That's what I mean, though. They, now they have time. They've got right. some. Some let's, established let's people. Britt Baker's some... still around. You know what I mean? We've got some and she and she actually attacked uh dang, who she attacked? But Shauna backstage. Yeah, after the um, match, yeah. Yeah. Um so there's you know, there's still plenty of I think there's now more women that we we under we have our heads wrapped around, we know who they are, and we know their place in the division. So yeah. Shout out to Butters for ten bucks in the tip jar. I wish I could clap, but yes. I can't. I'll I'll say yes. I'll clap. There you go. <laughs> Thank you very Stop much, sir. Much obliged. And he Thank says, you, uh, "Tip is paying my dues for last night's drinks <laughs> and uh, some more meds for Nick." Yes, there there are plenty of those, which will be. Uh, <laughs> well, I tried to stay off of them for the show today, but uh, that might have made it more fun. I should have thought about it. Um, here's the thing I have that I want to talk about now. That's specific to what went down on this episode. I am becoming, you guys have heard me say I'm kind of done with King. I'm kind of getting done with JR really Yeah, quickly. he buried Chris Statlander's gimmick. He is not helping hard. anymore. No, he, he basically, they tried to explain Statlander's gimmick to him. And to be clear, I'm, I'm not entirely sold on Statlander's gimmick myself because it's her gimmick, the whole alien gimmick that she's doing, feels like um, when people say that Vince, his gimmicks are ridiculous and terrible and over the top. Yes, but he makes them turn it up to 11. Statlander feels like she is half-assing this alien gimmick. It feels like it's only a 6 out of 10, if that makes sense, where she's not going all in on it. She's got a little the little boop thing. She kind of has some like you know weird puppy dog expressions. But aside from that, there's nothing about it that is, quote-unquote, an alien, right? It needs so, to have some kind of... Thing tied to it, not just a, a cute side. Yeah, like it needs to be, be something weirder. that, like, She's if you do that, you like get knocked out. You're like in a. Well, they had a little right? boop off in this match, and it was just like it was like kind of a, a, a mini pie face, and it was just kind of. Meh. 
the, it was just there. There's it no, was cute, there's but, no thing to it. Like it needs to be almost right. like Oscar's mist in a way, right? It needs to be the one thing that like can incapacitate you. So, well, I don't know. That's that's one way you could do it. But sure. w- whatever it is, like lean like into San, it a little San, bit. San, Santino's uh, Cobra, but sure, whatever it is, like not even not to be that thing. I'm talking about the gimmick as a whole isn't quite there. It's not there even. Like it's it's kind of half there. If you came out at a show and saw her do her thing, you'd be like, that chick's just weird. You you wouldn't it wouldn't read oh she's an alien from another planet it would just be like oh Chitara is having a weird day yeah. you know what I mean like yeah. it's it doesn't read as anything and that's the one thing you have to give Vince McMahon credit for is you always know what you're looking at with him someone comes out and you're like oh it's an undead mummy oh it's a demon from hell right, right? like that guy, that guy is big and scary They're also I'm, screaming it at you on commentary not making flippant. I'm just saying, kind if you're of, out, if you're in the yeah. audience at a live show, like sure. the gimmick reads right, and her gimmick isn't reading, and so when when they're trying to explain it to Jr., Jr. is like, so wait, what's up with this alien thing? And he probably legitimately doesn't get it, and they're trying to Excalibur's trying to explain it to him, Tony's trying to explain it to him, and he's like, okay, yeah, whatever, and blows it off like it he doesn't care or it doesn't matter to him. Then how are it's, we supposed to care? It's bad for Chris, and it's a really bad look for Jr. for not trying to help her get the damn thing over. Right. So, like, if she's already having trouble getting it over, don't bury her. Help her, Jr. Explain what it means when she boops you. Sure, or whatever it is. Like, like get on the same page, man. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I understand where Jr. is coming from, but that was, an, that was not a professional way of handling it. No. Is my opinion. Yeah. Uh, speaking of professional, we had a professional, uh, we had, what would you call him? Like a, a, a hired gun, I think is what they're calling him. Jeff Cobb. Came over to to take out Moxley to hurt Moxley before his match with Chris Jericho, and uh, was well on the way to doing so. He actually beat down Jericho, uh, beat down Moxley so much, he actually picked Moxley up out of a pin at one point and said, "No, no, I'm not going to pin you yet. I'm going to hurt you more." Yes. What did you think about? And but ultimately, Moxley did get the pin. He snuck up a a, a pin after a. It wasn't a. Um, it was a suplex he, off the they top. They did a but superplex, it but was it, was, Moxley was it a full superplex? grabbed. It was a second rope superplex. But second rope, yeah. Moxley exactly. grabbed his thigh like on the way down. He rolled and it up with the, immediately yeah. rolled him over into a into a roll up. So, what th- so what did it. you think about how they presented Cobb here? Because you and I are, are Jeff Cobb fans forever. Like, yes. what did you think about how they presented Cobb? Loved it. Did he look strong here? Was it okay for him to lose in this way? It, yes, it was very Matanza esque, where he's a big, bad, strong man. Come out, kill. You know, just no words need to be spoken. You know what he is the minute he walks down the ramp. But I love that this was an intelligent move that, you know, big bad monster couldn't outsmart. And that was the thing I took away from the match. It still made Jeff Cobb look like a damn monster, right? Doing moves, the the stuff that he was doing. Uh, But it also made Moxley look like um, really kind of smart, getting out of situations and going into a match, a championship match at Revolution with Jericho, who plays that game better than anybody, I thought it did a really good job of setting Moxley up to be on the level with Jericho, who can play those games, who can pull sneaky stuff off, all that kind of stuff. I, I like this as a setup for the match with Jericho uh, at Revolution. Yeah. And they did have the beat down afterwards. So this is also interesting. They had the beat down afterwards, naturally. Uh, as soon as the bell rang, all of the inner circle leaped to the barricade. They were in the crowd with their tickets. And they left the barricade and jumped in and all started pounding on Moxley. Uh, Dustin Rhodes comes out for the save. Even he couldn't help them. He ended up getting swallowed up by the inner circle. But then the lights go out. And who should come for the save? But Darby Allen 
who uh, got his revenge, skated down to the ring and immediately started laying into everybody with his skateboard, blocked a low blow from Jeff Hager with a skateboard, hit everyone in the face with a skateboard. Skateboards everywhere, skateboards everyone. So Darby Allen is involved with this. Dustin Rhodes obviously has some beef with Hager. They've got uh, a match at, uh, uh, at Revolution. And Allen, I believe now it's confirmed he has a match with Sammy Guevara as well. Cool. So that is how they're laying all this out. Um, I thought it was a great way to set all that up. Awesome. Um, I agree. I thought Cobb looked great. I, I having, having him be arrogant and try to continue the punishment and then just get rolled up on a move, mwah, he still looks strong. Um, when they're, they're working out what they're going to like, how they're going to work with him. He wants to be able to go work for new Japan and ring of honor still. So they're trying to work that into his contract. Um, so he's still up in the air. If he's going to come back or not, but I thought that was a great introduction to him. I don't mind that he lost here. You can have someone come in and lose in their first match. As long as you present them correctly and they presented him correctly. Nailed it. Uh, um, I, I also want to talk to everybody that doubted Darby Allen early on. Uh, I understand why. Um, but I hope you heard the pop when he came out. On Wednesday night, that man is super over. There's half the crowd's got half face paint on, uh, so I mean, there's there is no doubt that 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 dude is destined for stardom. You know, not literally the company, but I mean, just like in AEW, <laughs> he's <laughs> going to be right. No, uh, I guess is what I want to understand is what's the plan for him? Like, is he just? Here's the thing that is really striking me about what AEW is doing over the last month or so. There are so many sidecar feuds and storylines happening in and around Inner Circle and Moxley and Omega and Pac and just like like there's so much swarming around. It just it makes me remember all of the things that I really used to love about like 90s wrestling. Like there was so much interwoven storylines and intermixed stuff. Um, it was one of the things that made the Attitude Era really cool, if you remember that, because of the factions that you had going on and, and even some of the stuff with Evolution. But I, 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 we haven't seen this kind of stuff on this level in a really long time, and it's refreshing. It's, well, I it's think that it's also it. they had a big crop of young talent in AEW. They were trying to see who floated to the top. And also they, they said that one thing they want to do is kind of cycle through talent. So they're going to be doing big storylines for certain people. And then later on, certain people will get their time to step up. And I have a feeling like Allen, MJF, Jungle Boy, they're going to be part of that. And Sammy Guevara, they're part of that younger generation in AEW yeah. that are being trained by these really smart old school wrestling heads uh, like Jericho, like Dustin. And they are going to be guys that are they're, they're, they're setting them up for greatness in the future. So yeah, totally. and they're off to a good start. Speaking of greatness, uh, the tag the tag team championship match, Hangman and Omega versus the Lucha Brothers, might be one of the best matches they've had on TV since they started this damn show. Um, my God, by I've, God, by God, I've been I've been complaining about how they've been presenting the Lucha Brothers, and I still don't like how they're they don't really have a story. But they've, they let them go out and ball out in matches like this. Wow. And the crazy thing is, I, I went into this match saying, they're, obviously, this is just a time filler match. They're not giving the championships to the Lucha Brothers. There's no way. And they didn't. Hangman and Omega did win here. And I was like, okay, yeah. But damn if they didn't fool me a couple times in this match. They had me, I like, oh, God, they're going to, you know. And then, of course, they swerved me. Some of the kickouts were just that good. The reason you heard Pentagon's bumper at the top of this show was because of this match. It was it was the one big thing that stood out to me this week 
uh, as like, oh my effing God, yeah. uh, this match right here. And y'all you, gave this away on TV. Seriously. Yeah. This, I mean, we, but we've seen it on, I guess with the Young Bucks. I don't know if we've seen, we haven't seen Omega and Page versus Lucha no. Brothers. But I mean, there. I don't know if there's another tag team. You'd probably have to look at the Young Bucks uh, really, cl- I mean, but just smooth, smooth as butter, transitions in and out of the ring, walking the ropes, just madness, yeah. like at a pace that goes on for 15 wow. minutes, yeah. just nonstop action, like halftime heat. 18 months ago, if you whenever a year lag, like, 20, yeah, just with two or, less guys. But no, that's the thing. Right. Is like, you, and each one of these guys has their own thing that they're really good at. You know, like they, they, they have their own area of expertise. Phoenix is, like you said, he's rope walking freak of nature. Uh, so it's, there's a lot, there's a lot of chemistry in this match, a lot of places that people could, could fit into each other's styles. It was fantastic. I mean, you remember all in, we had the Kenny Omega versus Pentagon Jr. match, and that was like at the time, a huge dream match. We were like, oh, we can't believe we're getting Pentagon versus Omega. And here we are having them face each other in a tag match with Phoenix and Hangman Page on TV. Like, that's, this, is, this is one of those things that, that AEW uh, gives us, grants us, and you know, they get to show off. Like, hey, did, did you know we have some world-class talents? Boom, there you go. I think I said it last fall after All In. I'm like, I, I'm all in on a hang, a legit long-term hang. I'm sorry, uh, Omega versus Pentagon feud. Like, At let's build point. a program for them but once they decide to, build, to go singles. Well, they've got to build Pentagon. We, well, who yes. is he? Like, they don't have yes. it. They've has not had a storyline for who the Young Bucks are. The Young Bucks, the, the Lucha Brothers are, uh, except for Pentagon was kind of mean to Chris Daniels for a little while there. That was it. You know, like, we don't, they don't have characters really yet except the hey lucha brothers mexicans that's it that literally it's it's in their 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 music and that's all that they are at this point pentagon was a very clearly defined character in lucha underground he was pretty well defined in impact too um and phoenix to a certain extent as well in in aw not so much yeah. which is sad they need they need to give them something um dude and speaking of giving stuff away on tv cody versus wardlow in a cage. When I say this match over delivered on what I expected, uh, I, I, I do not exaggerate. This match was freaking nuts. Um, I was worried about this going wow. into it. Uh, Me too. First cage. Listen, let's set the stakes. First cage match in AEW history. Uh, what's the cage going to look like? Is it going to be more like chain link fence or is it going to be more hell in a cell? Uh, how tall is it going to be? Is it going to have a roof? You know, all of these things I was asking myself, all right. Let's 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 settle in. Let's see what they're going to deliver. Uh, it looks like Hell in a Cell without a roof. It was fantastic. Um, and Wardlow just throwing Cody, just yeeting him up against the damn chain link and falling down, busting him open really quickly. Uh, we had Crimson Mask on Cody for a good half of the match, if not more. Yeah, Cody loves getting that color, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. That's he, that's just <laughs> old school. That's if the face gets the the color right away, so you're worried. He, for I'm going to nickname him yeah. Hardway Cody from now on. I think is. <laughs> Uh, but uh, I don't think he's doing it hard way. That well, boy's cut. I don't know. Hey, when he took that ramp dive uh, a few months ago, that, that's uh, that, that was hard way. <laughs> that was, that was, that was not definitely not intended. <laughs> no, but no. yes, it over delivered AF. Uh, I have concerns that MJF is going to be as good of a base for Cody uh, as as Wardlow seemed to be in this match. You took the words out of my mouth. What, I, I was not expecting after this match. To say, damn, Wardlow gave Cody such a good match. I'm worried now for the match with MJF having holding up. 
Yeah. Like that's where this got to, where I was like, dude, what are they going to do with the MJF match after this? Because Cody did get through this. He ended up beating Wardlow with an absolutely insane moonsault off the top. Like a no look, the- no look moonsault. He just no went look. for it. <laughs> which, is, which is saying something because the last time I saw Cody come off the top of a cage doing a moonsault, it was on the road dog and road dog straight didn't catch him. Right. And Wardlow so, didn't really catch him much either. <laughs> Co- no, he, if you watch in slow motion, he actually did. He got him right at the right time. The only thing okay. was that Cody came down on his foot, but Cody came down in the perfect position. Wardlow did his part as well, uh, is what it looked like to me. But, uh, I mean, I honestly, like, overall, what, so you were a fan of Wardlow when they were promoting him, and, like, he had, this is his first match. What did you think of Wardlow? You like the big guys. Love it. What did you think? Yeah. Loved it. Uh, definitely want to see him with another big dude. I'd love to see him in Luchasaurus or I don't <laughs> you know. You love got, the big guys. Got, you love Haas matches, doesn't you? got Jeff Cobb in the, in the, in the division now, so. <laughs> That'd be pretty uh, fun. I'm not saying. I'm just saying. Uh, but so. No, but right that, now, while it's MJF and Cody, that's probably going to go on for at least until we get past Revolution. That'll probably have some fallout. I don't know if we start introducing. I mean, who's Cody got in his back pocket that's a big dude? That'll be interesting to see if if anybody, uh, if does, anybody, does, does he does need this go better, on to, after Revolution? Better to have a bunch of big guys opposing him because then it's just it looks like he's more outmatched. Yeah. Um, that being said, yeah, I agree. I thought Wardlow looked great. I thought they were protecting him, and obviously he had some coaching for this match. But he did like the times when he needed to be at the right place at the right time. He was there. I love so, the uh, subtle callback as well uh, to Arn Anderson holding the door well, of the cage. Yes. And if you know your wrestling history, you're you're in on the joke or right, right. Well, but he I was mean, also acting as the enforcer at one point. Uh, Brandy and, and MJF got into it, and he grabbed MJF, tossed him over the railing. The enforcer's back. Yes, yes. but MJF out there taunting him. Go ahead, Arn. You did it once before. You can do it again. <laughs> I loved that. I was just like, oh yeah. god, that's so good. Yeah. That's so inside baseball. It was just really <laughs> smart. Well, that's uh, gonna. MJF has a lot of those inside baseball things, like when he when he was uh, still like with Cody and he threw the the uh, the uh, um, what is the diamond cutter diamond upside cutter. down? Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> the DDP upside down. So it's, yeah. there's a lot of those with him, and I I I, I dig it. Um, dude, did you see the promo, Cody's promo that was, it was off air? I don't know why they didn't, didn't air his promo. Is it on? Is it on YouTube or? Yeah, they have it okay. on YouTube. I it's, haven't seen it yet. No. I can't I can't believe they didn't show this on TV. They've got to show it on TV next week or promote it somehow. It was you remember that Cody's had some fantastic promos in the last oh, six yeah. months, a year. This might be the best one. Wow. Oh wow. That's how good it is. Even better than the ones when he was going up against Jericho. Even better than the ones against Dustin. Wow. Like this one was it was wow. legit AF. Yeah, you have okay. to check it out. And especially given the emotion of the match and everything, like unbelievable. Um and here we are. Cody's one of the top baby faces in the world. Like, it's just, it's in, an inarguable fact at yeah. this point. Who would have thunk Stardust six years, seven years ago? Would Cody. Be the t- Cody would have thought it, and that's why he is where he is right now. I'm just I'm um, saying as, as a fans of wrestling. Right. Right, of WWE programming, like, looking at that and then the fallout from it after the fact and the departure and then... Going to New Japan and the Indies and things like that. I, if you had told me then that that he would be on this whole trajectory, I am so enjoying this ride for him. I'm glad yeah. we get to go along in the journey and that we're at a point in the history of wrestling where we get to go along. I'm this very, path. I'm very proud of him. Here's the yeah. question, though: is it, is it, um, is it a problem that their number one babyface can never chant uh, uh, challenge for the title? 
or at least not for the foresee- not for the foreseeable future. Obviously, he's obviously already the lost the title or challenged Jericho for the title. I don't remember the that explicitly. Cannot challenge for the title. Huh. So, they, I mean, obviously, dude, it's kayfabe. They can make up whatever they want. He could challenge for that title again in in three months if they wanted to. But right now, they've got in a situation where we know he can't go for it. Is that okay? Like, can they find enough other things for him to do? Is it is it good? And this is kind of where I'm sitting on it. If you want to like inside baseballs, you want to know where my mind's at. I think it's great that their top babyface is in a feud that they don't need a championship for. You can is- keep the championships separate. And and have a whole other feud over there, and have multiple programs that are going to bring people's attention. And you know, it's it's basically it's splitting up all of your, uh, you you have your cake and you eat it too. I just had a thump moment. Uh-oh. Uh oh. Esme in the chat just reminded me. We were just talking about how who's Cody going to have. I know you didn't as forget a, as, him. as a big guy. No, I know you didn't forget for Wardlow. Lance Archer. It's not. He's going to come in as a heel, man. <sighs> He's going to come that. in as a heel. We don't know that. You don't know. You don't know, Hogan. I know. I know. He's coming in as a heel. It's Lance Archer. He's not coming in as a face. The dude you can't looks have the like face an extra Everybody dies. Yeah. Come on now. <laughs> Luke Harper right. might come in as a All face. Right. Luke Harper might come in as a face. Lance Archer is coming in as a damn heel. All right. Let's All right. be clear. All right. Fine. Oh, fine. Uh, so that was a fantastic episode of AEW. Uh, dude, what about those AEW action figures they announced? Uh, I have some news Ooh. to announce, by the way, now that we're here at the end of the AEW segment. Your boys, okay. Nick and Sir Ian Dangerous and the Busted Wide Open podcast are now on the official AEW press list. That means yep. Yep. every single event, I get a big old fat Google Drive of professional photos uh, through, of every match through and segment throughout the event. We get special access to uh, company calls, such as the one Cody had last week. We get to attend and report on. And I don't know, I may have gotten early access to an entire folder full of pictures of those new action figures that they announced. So mm. we saw them early. Uh, we're going to start bringing more of that content to you guys uh, as we officially report on it, but something we're very excited about as we trudge into 2020 in this whole yeah. new era of wrestling. Uh, your boys are on the official AEW press list. I'm going to make hey. it into one of those press scrums. I'm going to be there. It's going to happen as soon as they come to the side of the country. <laughs> Nick will be in there going, hey, Cody, do you think you'll ever uh, have a match? No, no. I just no, what is- ask him Nick booking questions. Oh God, no! Oh no! Yes, no. We're gonna have that press. We're gonna get that revoked real quick. It'll be like security. <laughs> All right, but no. Back to back to my initial question. Like, dude, those action figures—they look great. They've done a great yeah. job with them. They've—they uh, released season one. Uh, the pictures of those, as you said, season two has also been shown, which is uh, like second tier stuff, like MJF, Hangman, Pentagon, Phoenix. Pentagon and even has the hand. Set on Miedo. Set on Miedo um, hand. Dude, I I'm not gonna lie. That MJ F one especially, like it looks just like him with the smirk and everything. Like the WWE's gonna have to look at this and step up their game because some of the WWE ones look like you know they they take the short bus to school. Like they got some really weird like googly eyes out to the side. Like whereas these look straight up. Like remember McFarlane toys? 
yeah, how I accurate do, I those do. were. And uh, I can tell you guys the name of it here really quick. Uh, it was not Mattel Hasbro, who you would typically think no, would, they have a would make these things. Exclusive with WWE, I believe. Uh, yes, but the company is Jazzwares. J-A-Z-W-A-R-E-S is the company that's making these for AEW. I've so I have a bunch of pictures to sort through, uh, literally hundreds of pictures of all different angles of all the different figures. So I'll sort through some of those, uh, share those in the group with you guys, pick out a few of them. Uh, but yeah, that's that's the big news I wanted to share here. At the, thank you for saving that until I got back. I know you hinted at it on the uh, the episode earlier this week with JB. But yeah, I, these I didn't want to say it until you were back. Amazing, and I can't yeah. wait to get my hands on a particular couple of them that I'm very interested mm-hmm. in. My, me, me as well. Well, that is it for All Elite Wrestling, but there is tons more. Don't go anywhere, but we're going to jump over and talk about NXT. Velveteen Dream has returned. He's back, and he had a match with Roderick Strong. Uh, It ended in a beatdown after Dream picked up the win. It was a pretty quick match, I'm not going to lie. I was surprised at how quick the match was and how straightforward it was. Um, They were... um they were kind of hitting each other hard, too. I wasn't they sure were. if it well, was like botchy stuff or if they were just working stiff because this looked brutal. Well, you know Roderick always worked a little stiff. Yeah. Uh, and and I think Dream just stepped up to that. Plus, they had established that there was some real hatred between these guys because Dream, of course, was going after Roddy's family. You know, he had Marina Shafir on his tights, and he was talking about, And you it know, would be even bigger one on the back. <laughs> Yeah, he ha- he was posting some gnarly tweets too. Like he was, he had like lace gloves in at one time, and he was like, "Oh, these are made out of Marina's panties." And I'm like, oh my god, dude! Full on Rick Rick Rude no, to like Jesus. the next level. Exactly. But but this is kind of my thing with this is Nick was dreamed too much of a heel here. Like, yeah, Roderick and and the undisputed era tried to take him out and end his career, but Dream's coming back and going for the man's wife and kids. Kid. Like, and, and in some pretty, like, low-blow kind of ways. Like, that seemed kind of seedy on his part. Rick Rude was one of the most hated heels of the time, and Dream is basically ripping off his gimmick and doing it even harder. Like, was it, was it hard for you to kind of, like, really root for Dream because of this? No, I'm, I'm, I'm not there yet. Um, I, I feel like he's always been that kind of antagonistic face of the of the you know the people's yeah but wrestler, it's been you know? fun this didn't feel fun to me i was like oh I has got he already gotten to tweener times. status i don't think so but it it feels like it's headed in that direction where he can get away with this and still be beloved by the audience because undisputed era is so hated you know yeah and even adam marina cole to an like, extent gets cheered now so I, but i guess i guess where i'm coming from is marina's not i mean i guess she's kind of hated but like if you've watched any of the wwpc stuff with her in Roderick Strong, like their relationship is really wonderful, and, and the kid and everything else, it's all very like sweet and pure, and like you can't hate that. I know her character is a hateful, spiteful, so and so, but you know, it's it's I I I kind of almost feel like they've got to get Marina involved in this, or at least get her perspective, so that we can like root for Dream a little bit more because with the way he's going after her and the kid. Like it made it made me a little uncomfortable and go, yo, dream. Oh, went a little farther, buddy. You know what I mean? I mean, that's just me. Maybe I'm being overly sensitive. But I think that works with the full sale. Look, look, NXT is not main roster. I think if you do that on main roster, you end up with Samoa Joe chasing Wendy. 
right? And it gets a little right. it gets a little campy, but I think there's something different about the atmosphere in the audience in NXT where they can do this kind of stuff. But Joe was the legit. heel in that, and it's I it's okay that. if it's the heel. And Joe pulled it off. Joe was able to pull off being threatening to the family. The dream I'll is remind you of your demographic here. numbers for NXT versus main roster. But, you know, it's uh, a 55 average audience, right? Am I crazy? Dream is the face here. This isn't face stuff. He's not doing face stuff here. But it's a more mature, I, I guess, is what I'm getting. I don't at. think it's like it's nothing to do with maturity, though. It's it's strict, it's strict just to do with how it makes you like you're cheering a guy. Uh, you're cheering a guy for essentially telling someone else, "I'm going to steal your wife." And be the new daddy to your kid, which in any in any other feud would be like one of the most for anybody. I'm gonna mess with your family is fighting words, yeah. right? And if if I empathize more with Roderick Strong at this point, like yes, he did some dastardly things, but dude, if someone came after my family the way that Dream's coming after after his family, I'm like, dude, you're in the right. Get him. I mean, you Vin know Diesel, what I mean? Vin Diesel's gonna show up with the whole crew because it's family. You know, you don't go after family. Really, dude? Really? Sorry. We're going to go there. A little crossover? I, I, I don't know. Uh, crossover to nothing! I don't, I don't have a problem with this. Uh. I'm okay with it for now. It's Roderick Strong. He's been a shitbag for a year. Let him eat some, take some of his own medicine. And but I it's think not that's, his medicine. It's, it's his wife and kid. Ah, uh, sorry. It, go for the go. For, take out it's just his him buddies in the him. ring. It's, take he's out he's not actually era. messing with Marina and the kid. It's him poking Roddy, and it's something that it's exposing a vulnerability of Roderick Strong. Roderick Strong Babyface from the if, trailer park. Okay, know. So I know you don't like Roderick that, and your bias is showing. <laughs> but but that's the thing is like it it, it is involving Marina. She, he's got her face on his butt. On his it, on his tights. That's why like, she's not going to get involved because that would make what you're saying real. And I don't think she's going to get involved because all of this is just to if, provoke Roddy. If we didn't really know Roddy's family and it was just like some woman out there, that'd be one thing. But we know who Marina is. We've seen the videos. We've seen her out on TV. So it does make it more real because we know who she is. So I don't know. It's I feel like it's muddling the waters, I guess. If to, Marina to really shows up ringside with the kid and it Velveteen starts messing with him, I'll I'll buy into where you're going with this. Then that becomes I'm real. Saying, right now, that's a very fine line. Until yeah, I agree. Until I see that though, this is just all just poking at Roddy. Okay, then that's. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you, man. It's a very fine line, and that could that's that's not far from where we already are at. I just think it's funny that like in real life, Marina probably could break Patrick's arms. Oh, she'd murder. She's a she, you. You are insulting a world ranked MMA artist, like dude. <laughs> It's not just a dude's wife. It's like she's a bad she's a bad woman. You she look pretty you and you got nice gear, but <laughs> she will kill you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you you look a lot prettier than she does, Velveteen. Calm right. down, man. Watch watch what you say. Uh so I guess the question is he beat Roderick Strong. Does this mean he's next in line to shoot for Adam Cole? Or Finn Balor was also he had a hit a promo on the show saying he's a he's a chess master. He's gonna like move his next chess piece next week. Is Finn going to go for Adam Cole. Who is the next one who's going to be gunning for Adam Cole here? The only member of the Undisputed Era who still has gold. You want my real answer? No, I want your fake answer, Nick. What do you think? Of course I want your real answer. I think he's going to drop the North American Championship and challenge for the NXT Championship at WrestleMania. Because we can't see Lee and Dijak again. That's your Nick booking answer. That's your ridiculous Nick booking answer. It's not ridiculous. It's ridiculous. 
Keith, why would they take it off? Oh, yeah, Keith, Keith Lee's going to drop the American title next week out of nowhere and then suddenly challenge Adam Cole, which is against everything that they're going, that they're leading towards on this show. Are you watching the same show I am yes. here? Yes. Were you high when you watched it this week? Yes. Okay. Uh, all right. Extremely. There, there we go. <laughs> and and what I saw in case I was dreaming was Dijak coming and going, I'm not finished with you. And it, Really? Okay, well, let's let's jump ahead in the notes and talk about that then. Yes, right. Keith Lee, North American champion, came out to the ring to celebrate his win, crushed Kona Reeves, crushed Kona Reeves, and then got confronted by Dijak, uh, who, Dijakovic, sorry. Uh, Dijak. Oh, Dijak, who said, essentially, like you said, he's like, I'm not finished with you. I want more. I'm not done. I didn't, you know, I, you didn't really beat me because my back gave out. I can't I did a quit you. Finish fly. <laughs> I did a top rope Spanish fly and I messed up my back doing it, so I couldn't give you the the finishing move, and you gave me your finishing move and you beat me. Which, by the way, I, I just kind of want to tell Dijak this: Yes, that's how you lose. Yeah, that's literally like that's a loss. Yeah, that's take how top it works. rope Spanish flies hurt. <laughs> right, <laughs> like that's not like no, I would have won. No, you didn't win because of that. That's exactly how it works. But Keith Lee was nicer than I am about it. He said, "All right, dude, I'm down to fight forever. The crowd wants us to." Uh, you get Regal to sign off on it, and we're good to go. Which I thought that was a nice touch too. Is is saying, uh, you know, it's not up to me; it's up to the commission. Yep. Good. Mwah, mwah, little storytelling there. Should Lee and Dijak continue, or was that a good stopping point? Uh, not do want not what do you want, but like, is it going to be decreasing dividends? Have they reached their pinnacle? Yes. They should have let it go with that match at TakeOver. That's kind of what I think, too. Yeah, I, I feel That's like what I think too. you're biting off a little bit more than you should. You're going to the well one too many times. Like, we got it. We understood it. It was a banger match. We absolutely loved it. Good Lord, it was awesome. That should have been the end of it. Let's move on. Right? We've got Mania to build for in, for two months. Let's, let's start that process. Dijak needs to go find another feud. And if he wants to find his way back to a, a championship opportunity... Whoever that title ends up on in a, over the next couple of months, fine. Keith Lee, let's 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 give that a pause for a little bit. Well, this is kind of my my point with this is, I right now Keith Lee is one of the most over guys in NXT, if not the most over. Him and, Champ, him, him, and Champa, him and him and him and Champa. Yeah. Uh, and Dijak can only look secondary to Keith Lee at this point. No matter what they do, he's always going to look slightly less than. At this point, he's behind in the race for being over and being put next to Keith Lee. He got him. He looked great in that match. He should have lost that match because of how they're both presented. But he came out of that smelling like a rose, right? Where he was like, yes, he lost, but man, did he take it to Keith Lee. And Keith propped him up and was like, yeah, we love each other. Isn't this great? And Dijek got the cheers. He came out of that as like as, way better than I thought he was going to. Yep. If you keep this up, you're going to have to either turn him into an absolutely asshole heel to get him that heat, which they're probably going to have to do here. And it's looking like that's where they're going with it. Dijak's going to have to go just like absolute evil, satanic heel. Um, to, and by satanic, I don't mean literally satanic. I mean like he's got to be like de the devil uh, on Keith Lee to, be, to, to feed off Keith Lee's momentum and Keith Lee's heat right now. You've got to have you know the counterbalance to that He's got to just be as much of an asshole to Keith Lee as possible so that we hate him as much as we love Keith Lee, if that makes sense. It you does. can't just have him be kind of like 
middling around in the middle. Well, he kind of is friends with Keith Lee, but he's kind of not. That's not going to help him. And that's where he's at right now. So they've either got to make a strong choice with Dijak to make him go full-on evil heel, or they've got to get him away from Keith Lee and put him in another feud where he can look good and get over on his own. Yep. So this is, I, I, that's what I'm worried about here. I Listen, it is Nick booking. I will fully admit. But I feel oh, no. like Keith Lee needs to get to, uh, maybe he runs with the North American all the way to Mania Takeover. But I feel like he's the next one, man. I really he's, do. And in the future, like you've got plenty of time, dude. You've got so many other guys that are in the title picture right now. Whether it's whether it's Cole, whether it's Dream, who's been there way longer than Keith, whether it's uh, Finn Balor, you got other guys. That's why Keith Lee is the North American Championship right now. They wanted to. They got to strap him with something. So yeah, no, I think it's gonna be a while before Keith Lee even sniffs any other kind of gold in that company. But he's gonna he's gonna have his own feuds over the North American Championship land. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, that is just Nick booking. That is Nick impatience. I want it now, Daddy. I want my Keith Lee at the top of the card now. And everyone else can just go and sit in another room. Go sit in a dark corner, Adam Cole. Go sit on a bench, Velveteen Dream. Keith Lee. Keith Lee for everything. Tag team champion. <laughs> Keith Lee and Keith Lee. Women's champion. Keith Lee. Everyone. Yes, champion. Everyone. Yes. Just give him the, you know, if they wanted to do something, the one pairing that I wouldn't be mad at if they did want to give them a tag run is Keith Lee and Dijak, if they did work that out. Because they do have history as a tag team. They do. So you send them over there. But Yeah. And they kind of teased that at at a certain point. At one point. point, At one point. And we never got it. They just put them against it. They got injured. They put them against each other again, yada, yada, yada. But that's I wouldn't be mad at that one. You know, if you need something for the two of them to do while you sort out what's going on with Dream and Roddy, I feel like that's going to lead back to the North American Championship. That's my gut feeling with Dream and Roderick. Like, they both had it. They probably both want it back. That kind of writes itself. Your gut compass is all backwards. I don't know if you're, there's like a magnetic storm over there or something, but I don't know. I don't know where you're seeing this. I don't know where you're picking this up from. But yeah. Yeah. It's in that Nick crazy booking. noggin. Hashtag Nick Booking. It's happening yes. again, ladies and yeah. gentlemen. The, <laughs> the meds are kicking in. Uh, also on NXT. Bianca Belair interrupted uh, Chelsea Green versus Caden Carter 2. Came out and said, uh-uh, girl, uh-uh. Uh, Charlotte Flair, you don't get to put hands on me. I'm going to put hands on you. So she's calling out Charlotte Flair in the middle of this match. Uh, let's talk about that before we talk about Caden Carter and Chelsea Green. Sure. Can I say one other thing real quick? On the previous show when you and JB were breaking down uh, the takeover uh, yes. Portland, you mentioned Charlotte and her uh, penchant for fashion, like her ability to always look dressed to the nines. Yes. But I was a little disappointed that JB didn't call out that she actually was wearing cleverly black and gold in her entire outfit. And I thought that was – how did you miss that one? I, one of Come many on, things that we were, dis- we were discussing. Oh, okay, you're going to start sniping at JB well, for I missing mean, a know, fashion cue that you would yeah. never have mentioned if I she mean, hadn't brought it up in the first place. About did you notice that I'm like, had, I picked on the, something fashion-related that JB didn't? Did you, know, did you pick, pick out the yellow nails? Yeah, also, they were like bright yellow. Yeah. They're, yeah well, but she had had you know that for like two for, weeks. Right? Okay, but right. Do you know why? Okay. <laughs> Nick doesn't know what that's for, ladies and gentlemen. It's okay. Why are their nails yellow? I don't understand. It's okay, buddy. Um. But no, this the, the, yes, Nick, if you want to discuss fashion with JB, I'll be happy to bring her back on the show. No, no, and she fine. will smoke you on fashion. Yes, she will. She will smoke you on fashion. At least Which you know that. Which is exactly that. why I was making the point. 
Right, is you're basically calling someone out for not doing something that you wouldn't have done unless you were clued into it by her talking about it in the first place. It was really cool. I liked it. I liked the the all black with the gold accents. I thought it was a really sort of foreshadowing thing. Like, are we really going to... Is Charlotte really Colin, all in on this NXT I'm back thing? to my NXT roots, exactly. Yeah. So, um, Back to the relevant stuff at hand. Bianca Belair challenging Charlotte Flair because Charlotte threw her into the steps to take over. Is this leading to that triple threat that we were talking about? Is this, is this basically Bianca saying, I'm not done? Because here's the thing. If you have Bianca come back for Charlotte and don't have her win, then that's another one that Bianca is shooting for the moon and showing up short and that's kind of going to undercut her at certain point we were saying funny that you said shooting at the moon because all i can think about is ember freaking moon this Ooh. exact same thing happened to her underneath oscars she was the perpetual almost ran perpetual yep. almost ran and then Nikki and, Crank cross came in and challenged and all of that stuff happened but right? even but nikki always felt like something a little bit more on the side ember was in the title picture lost it kept like being almost at the title level and has never got it bianca's there too um, I'm not going to say this is a problem that WWE has across its history with having really big African-American uh, performers that are all almost, 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 and they never quite get that moment. But it's it, uh, it, it popped into my mind with this one. Is yeah. As soon as Bianca was like, hey, Charlotte, I'm going to take you out, I'm like, oh, you can't have her involved in this given the fact that she has been the perpetual almost ran for the last two years. I you, feel at like at some point you've got to yeah. strap her if you're going to keep having her messing around with the top ladies uh, and and looking strong against Rhea Ripley. Like she just barely came up short there. How do um, how do we do this normally? We have we'll have Bianca and Charlotte have a match a, a month out of Mania, and she, Bianca Bianca will get a win, proving that she is capable of doing this somehow yeah. and get inserted in as a triple threat for the Mania takeover for I've the Women's said Championship. I've said start of this, I wouldn't be mad at a triple threat because you have a, a straight-up one-on-one over the other side with Becky and Shayna. So having a triple threat would be really interesting. And frankly, to see those, that's a that's a trip, that's a three-way female Haas match. Yeah. Bianca, Rhea, and Charlotte. That would just be a monster of a match, I think. And I think they should do the triple threat. I would be excited about the triple threat. I just Charlotte, feel like Bianca ends up tapping out to a figure eight, and it's like potato-potato, and we've seen this a million times before, and that's, that's what I question. don't want to do to Bianca. Uh, so or I, it, it could protect Charlotte as well. Bianca could pin Rhea and get hers back from the last, last takeover. That's fair, yeah. So, and Totally that possible. Would, we know that that protects Rhea because she's already shown she can beat Bianca. Makes Bianca look great because she gets her win back, and Charlotte is protected as well. Yeah. So there is a way out of it. Um, you know, I think a lot of people would prefer Rhea versus Charlotte, and I would be fine with that as well. Same. But the fact that they're turning Bianca back into this, I'm like, if you're going to do this, you have to put her in that match. And frankly, I think you have to let her win. Commit. So, exactly. Either do commit. or don't. There is no try, right? right. If you're going to put her in, commit. Build her now to yeah. the point where she can get de- wins and, and there victories is story over there. these ladies. There's story yeah. there for it. Charlotte tossed her out of the Royal Rumble after Bianca ran through everybody. So you've got you've got the story. Just you got to, to pull the trigger. So absolutely, they, and they should absolutely pull the trigger. Bianca should be the champ, and she should be the champ. Like have a good reign on it too. That's just as we opinion. took the words out of my mouth. It's what I was literally about to ask you. What if all of this? What if the Royal Rumble showing for Bianca was a big old end around, and Charlotte is coming in as a misdirection, exactly uh, being the winner. But the showing for Bianca, and and all of this leads to Bianca winning at Mania. It, that would be sold. I, I mean, 
best possible outcome? I think so. I For think so. Everybody involved? Yes. Yeah. Rhea has gotten her pop. She's gotten her love. She's huge. She's, People she know made. she's legit. People right. know she's legit. Like she's got the pedigree now and the win record. She can eat a pin from Bianca at WrestleMania and she'll be just fine. So that would be the best possible outcome for all three of them, honestly. I'm glad we're on the same page, finally, yep. on some sort of booking here. Uh, okay, the Robert Stone brand. Chelsea Green picks up the sneaky win on Caden Carter after the interruption. Uh, damn it. What is, what, I, mean, I guess that it does make sense. Chelsea Green now is like the sneaky, shit-eating heel. Okay, great. That actually worked out. For me, that was an elegant way out of something that last week we were talking about being like, why would you do this? If she lost the first one, she wins this one. Like it's just it evens itself out. This actually made sense to me. This booking, but I'm still very much like uh, nervously keeping my eye out on where they're going with this. Hashtag justice for Caden Carter. You know, I I just <laughs> oh, come on. I she's want, still she's still around, sure, but I I don't want her to turn into Aaliyah. You know. <laughs> I don't think I, she will. She feels very different in her presentation. She does, and it, and I feel like she deserves better. And I feel like she feels like there's this, there's this. I'm, it's early days. I'm impatient. It's, I want it I, now. Oh, we, Robert, know. Robert. we know you're impatient. Yeah. We so, know. I just I feel like this is not the right way to be dogging on Caden Carter with some new gimmick with Robert Stone Brand, famous no, being no, 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 off. No. You no, know. No, 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 no. Caden, Caden Carter. Ate the pin here, yes, but it did look like a sneaky win. I thought she was protected as well. All right. Chelsea Green looked like a, a shitty heel. She got the win, and she can brag about it. I thought that was that was all. Well, just hopefully, fine. it turns into a program. We needed to establish that for Chelsea Green. I'll give them that, and this Robert Stone thing. Like they're doing some yeah. promos and some packages for it, and it's they're investing in it. Let's see where it goes. I'm not mad at that part of it, but I just I wish it was somebody that wasn't Caden Carter because she needs love. No, she's early on. She can eat the pins now. She, yeah. It's it's fine. Some right. hey, like like I always say, there's got to be someone in there eating the pins. So, uh, speaking of which, Tommaso Ciampa, he's not having it either. Austin Theory was out to have a match with whatever. He was out there to have a match, and Austin Theory did not get his match because Ciampa interrupted him and was like, "Hey, I'm going to tell you all about Johnny Gargano, and I'm going to hijack this segment because that's how NXT works. And we actually make it feel like a real show, as opposed to just you know stuff happening." I'm hijacking Austin Theory's segment. I got something to say. I know why Johnny did it. I probably should have seen it coming, but I now I've, I realize that I've it's either me or Johnny in NXT. So two things. One, you've got Ciampa saying he knows why Johnny did it. I don't know, man. Maybe it's because you spat on his wedding ring and and threw it into the crowd, Ciampa. I just maybe I'm crazy. Uh, among all the other horrible things you did to him, you bald bastard. Yes, son. Well, we can't say that anymore. Wait, we can't. No, it's it's Johnny now, isn't it? God, that little rat bastard. Yes, son of a bitch. Yeah, Johnny, Johnny, Johnny bastard. Uh, Johnny okay. bastard. So Cham- yes. Johnny bastard. So Champa is mad at Johnny. Okay, great. We're gonna get a feud with them in reverse. We talked about that already and how it could work. Eh, I don't, maybe we'll hope. Hopefully, we'll see. Um, Austin Theory, who you and I both said is like, dude, that guy could be shot to the moon tomorrow and and look just fine there. Uh, he looked like a bit of a goon here. He kept yeah. trying to interrupt uh, Champa, who was interrupting him, and Champa just kept like jumping up and ended up beating the crap out of him. We know they're having a match next week now, so hopefully Austin looks like a little bit less of a doof next week. But uh, was this the best way to... 
Like what did Austin Theory pee in someone's Cheerios or what? What was this? I don't know, but you had Kona Reeve get pounced into a damn turnbuckle earlier in the night. You couldn't have found somebody like that to do this with. Like Austin Theory has basically run Evolve for for a while now, and you want to build him up, not chump him out like this to the top of the card. Yeah. Like that's why I'm I, hoping he looks better next week. Sure. I, if he comes out and has a good showing against Champa in the match next week, I will retract everything I say. I just don't have a lot of hope, unfortunately. <laughs> well, like I said, maybe he pissed somebody off. He came in yeah. with some attitude, and he had to be had to be uh, straightened up a little bit. That's the only thing I can think. Uh, Champa versus Gargano. Are you excited for this, or are you nervous like I am? Skeptically optimistic. It's okay. kind of the inverse of what I thought, and I think last week predicted. Uh, would have or last Saturday in our uh, in our um, pickums, I was saying I was thinking I was nick booking some crazy shit. Like I think they're gonna get back to Johnny and Champa and have that WrestleMania moment. I wasn't really sure how they were gonna get there. I thought it would be like Johnny comes out to congratulate him and Champa turns on him again after winning the title. I think that's what I said. Um, but I it, this was an interesting turn and it it might end up in the same result just with a bit of a role reversal. Uh, but I think the end game here is to get Champa Gargano for the NXT Championship at Mania. Uh, oh yeah. Who, oh who, well, yeah. So yeah, uh, how they get there is I don't I don't give a damn. <laughs> and not a single finisher will be left unkicked out of. Right. Exactly. Finisher yeah. spam for forty five minutes. <laughs> Just nothing. And there's but there's the main event match for exactly. uh, Mania Takeover. <laughs> it's an Iron It's an Iron Man kickout match. Who yeah. can kick out more times? <laughs> You're only allowed to do finishing moves. No grappling. <laughs> no submissions. Just, just right. Just finish your spam. Right. Cheat, cheat code match. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. All right. So a couple more things on NXT. The Broserweights uh, had a match with Only Lorcan and Danny Birch. Nice to see them back. That was uh, a nice surprise. I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. So a fairly thin tag division. We also had the Grizzled Young Vets versus uh, <laughs> Team Goodhand, which is just ouch. That's like that's like uh, what was it on the main roster where they had? Uh, I feel seen. <laughs> uh, Jesus, what was uh, what was it? The uh, job squad, uh, right. just uh, some of the stuff like that sort of thing. Yeah, um, <laughs> social misfits or social outcasts, like oh, he, the, you know, he's Slater. You're talking, yeah. yeah. Oh and my Rhino. god, it's like just a little too on the nose there, guys. Uh, of course, Team Goodhand, Raul Mendoza, and Joaquin Wild. Um, so, Poor what Raul. do you think about? Oh man, yeah, they're even acknowledging it now. We're like. Like they're just talking about how the dude, he's always there. He doesn't really, he doesn't win a lot, but when he does, it's great. Yeah. Um, and he is like, he's the definition of a good hand. Raul Mendoza is absolutely an amazing wrestler. He can make anybody look good. Um, how are you feeling about the tag team division? Grizzled Young Vets looks like they're coming over full time in NXT US. Great call. They need, they need what those guys bring to the table of super dynamic tag team. Uh, good on the stick, can build a feud, get massive heat. Uh, I think it's smart to bring them over. Are they the next ones in line for the Broserweights? I don't know because I to tie all this together, we also had a backstage promo with a very jubilant, happy-go-lucky Jackson Riker in the Forgotten Sons. Like I wasn't like, hey, guys, we're the Forgotten Sons. We'll be forgotten <laughs> did, no did, did more. You, did you forget about us? <laughs> oh, hey, Bob Babadu. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hey. So I, I'm not really sure what to make of all that. I love Zach Gibson, and I love the Grizzled Young Vets, and I love the fact that the Dusty Classic has shown a bright spotlight on the UK tag division specifically, and some of that's making its way over to US TV. 
but uh, it's kind of just them and the Forgotten Sons now. Street Profits are, are we, gone. War Machine's gone. Like, are we going to have to like start doing like Bobby Darren every time the Street the Forgotten Sons come out? Hey, it's the Forgotten Sons somewhere. No Be happy. Beyond the sea, you did forget about me. Over here in NXT, <laughs> the Forgotten Sons are going to beat Where's you. Where's my trumpet? I'm, looking for I'm telling you, man. I, maybe that's their new thing. You might actually get Jackson Riker over with me if we start Bobby Darening every time they, they come <laughs> nice. out. He comes uh, out in a in a in a, a, a long trench coat or a long uh, or like what do you Dean call it? Martin. Tux- yeah, like a Dean Martin coat. Yeah, yeah. with tails. That's what it is. <laughs> hey, <you> wacky <laughs> kids! Bob Babalu. I just had a martini and a cigarette, and I'm ready to work this match. Right. Oh, hey, ah. Uh, so yeah, the tag division is looking better. I think like you've got you've got guys on the side that can come, they can bring them back in and build them up. Um, Undisputed Era is still there, so it is looking a little bit brighter after uh, you know since the Dusty Cup. We were like, damn, that's a whole lot of singles guys forced into tag teams. So yeah, but I'm just saying, like, do you think it's the Forgotten Sons that are going to be going for the Broserweights? Like, let's say WrestleMania. Like, we got a couple of months to WrestleMania. Who's NXT Tampa? Who's facing the Broserweights for those titles? I'm uh, I'm Call trying to Nick look ba- I'm sure. I'm trying to look back at what we did with Ricochet and Alistair Black and I if I'm remembering right that was a hot shot call that Vince made to bring up that group of NXT talent all at the same time just out of nowhere. Yes. Right? Right <laughs> after they had, like before they even had the finals of the Dusty Classic Bring last up year. everybody. Bring them all bring up. up bring them we all have up. no idea what we're going to do with them but nope. bring them we're going to tear we're going to murder their entrances. <laughs> We're gonna make everything irrelevant about everything you love about them in NXT. And the- were you having the best? Were you having the best feud of the year? Not anymore, pal. Get up here. You're uh, buddies now. So I'm 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 concerned, but I'm hoping there was a lesson learned there. But I'm not naive enough to think that it will be grossly overlooked, and we're gonna get something very similar. Pete Dunne and Matt Riddle on the main roster could be a lot of fun. Uh, they could have some instant plug-in to some of the feuds and stuff that are going on. They could start some new ones, really spice up that upper mid-card a little bit. I'm seeing a big future for those two guys, not as a tag team, but as singles wrestlers. I, and I keep saying the main roster like NXT isn't the third brand, and I want to quit that. I want to. I got to train myself not to do that anymore. But uh, is this history repeating itself with Aleister Black and Ricochet like we saw last year? That's where I'm hung up. I don't. Who's next? It's Grizzled Young Vets and Undisputed Thankfully, Era again. It, it feels different than Ricochet and Alistair Black for obvious reasons. How very so? different kind of chemi- Very different kind of chemistry between the Broserweights and the like. The two tag teams feel very different. You know what I mean? Like they, when when you had that farewell match between the uh, War Machine at the, you know at the time, what the what, Viking Raider War whatever the experience. Them and Ricochet Black, and it was the and Ricochet Black then lost the match, lost the titles, and got sent off to the main roster. Yeah. Not only was it a, f- a absolutely fantastic match, but it was a good fa- farewell match. But they felt like a serious team. This is a comedy team. Broserweights are, are comedy, and then they turn on the the Jets in the ring, and and they go serious. But the way this that like I don't think Riddle and uh, Dunn are on their last run in NXT. I feel like they're just getting started. Okay. Right. So they feel different in that way. Their chemistry feels different. Everything about them feels different. They feel like a tag team that's going to be together for a while, and they may ultimately make a story uh, about their chemistry going forward. That was a farewell tour for Ricochet and Aleister Black when they when they won it. That was their like, hey, one more time with the title, a little nod of the hat. Um, thanks for everything, guys. Good luck. 
That's yeah. what that felt like. All right. So this feels like a more like a serious team now. And like they're going to keep promoting the series as a serious team. And it might actually make it easier for you to swallow because they're going to make it take, they're going to make it more serious. They've got an entrance. They've got a name. They've got, they started, they were wearing ma- matching clothes at takeover. Like they're taking it seriously as though they were a serious team that was thrown together and that now they realize they've got great chemistry. They work together and they're going to go forward as a team. Yep. You know, so I'll, I'm with it. I, Let's see what happens. Um, you know, it's you can't not enjoy. There, there are people, there are dejectors that are that just hate the the comedy side of this whole thing, the 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 Abbott and Costello kind of stuff that they're doing. Um, but I, I I enjoy that for what it is. I still don't think they should be a tag team, but it's fun. You know, I'm more excited about the high, very 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 high ceilings of these two young up and coming superstars in a singles career for both of them because they have so much potential. And I just don't want to see it get squandered a la Fashion Police. I know that might sting a little bit. Well, Fashion Police, yeah, but that you know that's because Fandango's injured again. Is it, so, though? A little Is bit, it yeah. Though? Yeah, they were, just, they were starting to – I mean, I, well, they've got I something see, to do with Tyler Breeze. Let's talk about the cruiserweights. Leo Rush yeah. lost to Jordan Devlin. And uh, afterwards, you had Tyler Breeze and him getting some words backstage. So they're doing stuff with Tyler, you know, just Fandango's out. So they, they can't be a tag team right now. But they disappeared so for like two years after the whole fashion police thing, right? And yeah. then Breeze had to come back because to Fandango was injured. Fine. They didn't have the ceiling that is high, as high as Riddle and Pete Dunn. Agreed. I'll agree with that. I'll agree with and that. And that's what I, I don't want that potential of those two guys as singles champions for the long haul to be squandered because of something that's cute and fun and <laughs> yeah, that was funny. I mean, I'm enjoying it. It makes me chuckle, but I, I look, I look further ahead, I guess. And, and I'm, I'm hoping that I'm hoping for the best skeptically I've, optimistic, <laughs> skeptically optimistic. Um, I'm also skeptically optimistic about the cruiserweight division. Jordan Devlin, as I was saying, beat Leo rush. Leo's talking about, he's going to go and reevaluate things. Uh, after this match, good. Do you think it was okay to have Leo lose here, make make Jordan look good, like a real champ? Yes. Um, because because, I'm, I'm, because Leo held it for so long, it legitimized Devlin's uh, victory. Are I mean, are we feeling respect getting back into the cruiserweight division for the championship and everything else? Like, is the change of the colors of the of the belt and then their hat, like who they're Even having that, hold it? Uh, since Leo took it, mm-hmm. uh, there was something that, that was happened the moment? around there. Um, uh, and then when they started talking about it as the NXT cruiserweight championship, there was something that legitimized it about, but they're still doing two five lives. I don't know what the hell is like, like, I'm so confused. I'm getting mixed signals. WWE. Like, what do you want with the cruiserweight division? (laughs) What you're Um, doing with it on NXT is baller AF. I love it. It's amazing. Garza and rush and swerve Scott and Devlin just, Yes, will my yeah. prophecy finally come true? Will Finn Balor come down to the cruiserweight division at some no. point? You don't Never. know. You, it's yes, in NXT. Do. You don't know. He's going for the NXT championship. He's not going to step down to the cruiserweight. Get out of here. Come on. That's, they're using it to build up young talent. Finn is established. Stop it with that. Finn let, that's Balor what versus Jordan Devlin for the cruiserweight let, championship? Are you kidding you, me? Oh, my God. Let that one go. Let it go. Uh, yeah, I, my, the one thing I'm curious about in the, in the cruiserweight division is there feels like there's a lot of parody. Like everyone's kind of on the same, like any given 
title match. It could change hands. Right. Is that a good idea, or should they have some more like stronger characters? Uh, stronger, like as in they, you feel like they're overpowered a little bit. Well, they have. Or is it okay one. to have everyone? Is it okay for everyone to to be kind of on the same level? Uh, well, they had one in Garza, but he's gone and he's filling in for Andrade. Uh, I would say Raw. he was part of the. He was one of the ones that like came in, looked good winning it, and then lost it almost right away. Like he's one of the guys I'm talking about in terms mm-hmm. of like they bounced this championship around to different guys. Sure, um, but I'm. Does everybody get a seat at the table? Does it make a, does the does the tide rise with you know? All- if everybody sits at the table, there's less food for everyone. So that's what I'm saying. Is like, do you <sighs> need to have less people looking strong? Less people. But the, but then looking stronger so that the fans get more invested in them. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, but uh, did, how do you keep the division? Re- like they did that okay with Leo. Leo had it for a, for a minute. Like he had it for a bit. And I I thought I think that did a good job of having him come out, cut promos, beat dudes, even though he was that had that you know size disadvantage, quote unquote, if you will. Um, but but it, it just made him that much more of a better champion. I don't think they need to swap it as much as they do. I think Garza was an exception here. That might have been a quick call to get him to go cover for Andrade during his suspension. So I don't want to overjudge that too much, but mm. I, I think we haven't seen the last of Garza um, in the cruiserweight that, division. In the cruiserweight division, yeah. I don't know. Depending on how over he gets on the main roster, he might have. He's getting over. He's getting pretty over. Like he's he could potentially surpass Garza. I'm sorry, uh, Andrade I, and and Umberto if he keeps. There up. was a there was a, a WrestleMania card leaked today, like a rough draft WrestleMania card leaked, uh, and the opening match was Ray versus Andrade versus Umberto versus Garza for the U.S. title for a fatal four way. That was like a, the opening match of the show or like the pre, please, uh, please make uh, it a ladder match. Pre-show. WWE. Dear God, <laughs> please make it a ladder match. <gasps> if it's a fatal four way, I believe it, they might. Yeah. It's likely that they would. I definitely, if, if they do do that, yeah, the nipples are erect. Well, Nick, that's a lot to talk about in NXT, but there's plenty more to talk about because it was a, a very eventful show over on Friday night. Smackdown. Well, uh, we opened things up with uh, the tag team division, which was a pleasant surprise for me. The Usos coming out, cutting their own little promo, and then throwing little fun words that ultimately led to the New Day coming out. That they had, a, and we love the New Day and the Usos in the ring, rapping back and forth with each other. Man, that's that is good quality entertainment in my it mind. It is. I liked I liked them joking around, yep. obviously showing respect. I like that. That's how they've developed how the teams interact like and that's a continuing ongoing story there's there's no lapse in that they always treat each other the same way which is friendly competition and competition is like some, what i like to some, say some sometimes uh, a little prickly big e saying yeah you guys are good but you know we got one more win than you we do which <laughs> makes us better and gets oh. right up in his face and they kind of laugh it off and oh it's like that huh yeah. <laughs> just instantly oh, they're right back at jokes. each other yeah your boys got jokes <laughs> Yeah, th- great stuff. I like, you know, that they, they show that at any time, we, yes, we could get competitive again. We could face each other again. But this is how we interact. Great yeah. stuff. Good character work. And then out comes Miz and Morrison, uh, who try to get a new chant over. Uh, Miz, Morrison, hey, hey, ho, ho. I, I Okay. Uh, it, might, it might be a bigger thing eventually than calling Corbin STD which just kind of died a quick, sudden death, which is yeah. saying something considering The Rock came up with it. <laughs> um, 
okay, so here's the, uh, we ultimately have a match: Usos and New Day versus Miz, Morrison, Rude, and Ziggler. Okay, Great. thrown together. Af. Um, was this just was this was this kind of irrelevant given the fact that uh, ultimately Rude and Ziggler ate the pin here, but they're the least relevant team to the title scene at this point, which must make you happy uh, that they're no longer like book book super strong. <laughs> Um, like what? Because first of all, I was sitting there going, "This match, like this match, really has nothing to do with anything." Well, here's what I think it is. This was a nice reminder to open the show. Be like, "Hey guys, we've got we've got some pretty big tag teams over here on SmackDown too. We know Raw's like doing really good right now, but don't forget yeah. about don't forget about the Usos and the New Day and it yeah, Rude Ziggler were champs, yeah. but whatever. But we've also got you know the dirt sheets back. Let's let's get Miz and Morrison back out here, and let's they're probably going to give them a title set of titles here pretty soon to le- yeah. to legitimize Maybe. that. Maybe uh, I'm starting to worry. It feels like I it's mean, going that way. Morrison's association with Miz is good because Miz is a company guy, and obviously the company loves Miz. But I feel like they've already established the in company feeling towards Morrison is that there's a ceiling there. Yeah, they don't look at him the way that he was looked at all elsewhere where they were like, yes, he can be our champion. He can be our number one guy. He can be the guy. WWE's like, no, you have a ceiling, you have a role, and it's not in our top-tier title picture, which is kind of sad, but I don't know what else to ex- to have expected, Yeah, frankly. Like, really looking at it pragmatically, like, there's not much else I expected. With it. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, they, you know, they have a title shot, Miz and Morrison. The only real reason I can see we had this match is just kind of to tease that. Yep. And, uh, yeah. It's it's coming up. Super showdown. What do you do? That's all and, this was. You know, and the <laughs> the Usos and the New Day opening the show as are what better hype men do you have on the brand than those guys to come out and just light a crowd up as dead as that crowd was. Well, uh, well can Glendale. you blame them? Uh, well, I mean, it's Usos and New Day coming out and and taking pot shots at each other over the titles and that co-opetition. But yeah, we're still better than you. But all right, man, you, you want to fight again? Like, just have those I mean, two go at it. Let's let's reignite that feud from two years ago. I like a fun, uh, you know, a fun little segment as much as anybody else. But dude, look at how AEW starts when it starts hot in a big match, and even Raw is starting to do that now too. Like, it's just a better way to start a show. Start it hot. And then AEW started, we didn't even stuff. get entrances. They're just like, ding, go. Oh, we're going. Eight we're dudes going. and just tearing each other apart. It's Love a, it. It's a much harder, hotter way to get that audience riled yeah. up as opposed to people, even if it's funny, you know, even if it's fun, like having people come out and be like, blah, 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 we're going to talk 15 minutes and then eventually get a match. Dude, come out hot out the gates. Get that crowd fired up. Pyro, yep. pyro match. Yep. You know, but that is not how they do things over on SmackDown. How they do things on SmackDown is we have a moment of bliss. With the Bella Twins and uh, Alexa Bliss in her best announcer voice saying, uh, guess what, ladies and gentlemen, this year at the Hall of Fame, we're already going to have Batista, movie star, actor, where wrestler. Are my, where are my painkillers? Hang on. We're going to, uh, yeah, take them now because you're going to need them. Uh, we also have one of the greatest factions of all time in wrestling, the NWO. Also this year, we will be inducting the Bella Twins. Yay, yay. Crowd kind of half cheers. And out come the Prego Bella, Bella Twins. Prego Bellos. <laughs> Prego Bellos. They come out and uh, they're interviewed, quote-unquote interviewed, about their acceptance into the Hall of Fame. And it was, I want to say, in, a, in a, an industry where the word fake is a naughty word, and you don't want to say that, um, but they often get accused of fakery. 
the Bella Twins talking about this <laughs> that, I'm look may have up. been fakery. The is that fakery? <laughs> the Bella Twins, they're they're talking here. They're, everything about them was the fakest damn thing I've seen in years. All I heard was Charlie Brown teacher. Just wah, 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 uh, wah, 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 I wah, wish wah. I'd been able to block it out that way. <laughs> the, the two of them just being like, oh my God, we're so happy and thrilled to be able to represent the women's division in this way and push it even more forward into the future. Thank you to all of our Bella Army. You guys are the ones that did this, not us. But thank you for making us the special people that we are today. And we're really awesome, and thank you very much. I wanted to die. Yeah, my I, I was the die. I was the dude in scanners. My head was ah, boom. It just <laughs> my head popped. I was just like, I'll ah, make it stop. And oh, no, no, God. no gentle shout out to uh, to Johnny Ace as well for his oh part come on stop in it. the anyway. <laughs> excuse me. All right, all right. Back to program. News. Calm down over there. Yes. Yeah. Get back on track here. Um. I just, yeah, this felt really shallow. It felt pandering, but that's what the Bellas were. And that's what the, the, the women's division was at their time is just really like just naked pandering. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, not literally. Uh, so how do we feel? Let's, let's get to like the, the meat and potatoes here and stop having to think about sure. how awful the Bellas are on the mic. Um, how do we feel about the Bellas being inducted? We, I mentioned before that it, it was rumored that that would be the case. Um, we're now seeing that it, no, it is actually happening. So it's really happening. What do we feel about the Bellas being inducted into the hall of fame? Is it legit? Should they be in their thoughts? So objectively looking at this, I, I, yes. I tried to do this after I came down off of whatever Your cloud of hatred, hatred. just yeah. rage. <laughs> I was infected <laughs> with rage virus from this segment. Um, you were uh, raging like Alex Riley. <sighs> so looking at this objectively, if you look at brand ambassadors for WWE, people that have gone out and towed that line harder than anybody else, I think of The Rock, I think of Stone Cold, I think of John Cena, and I think of the Bellas. And yes, they are in that list because there are there, there's probably nobody else that has... They haven't done a lot of Hollywood high-profile stuff, but they've got 20-something dip. they got clothing lines and fragrances and baby They're stuff brand and winery and... Yeah. All, and they are partnered in a lot of that. Vince wrote the check for a lot of that stuff. So there are partnerships there. WWE has branched out and allowed them to go out and build this brand of the Bellas around WWE. And for the for all to all accounts, it's all of it's been very successful. They've got Wildly TV successful. shows. They've got winery. They've got clothing lines. All kinds of stuff, right? And let's also be clear: like in the Divas era, at the end of the Divas era. And transitioning into the modern era of women's wrestling in WWE, these two, but especially Nikki, were the top act yeah. in that division. Like they were a big deal and the Has, big part of that of that uh, era. And it was the tail end of that era, which you could argue was the the part of that era that was the best because it was transitioning into taking it more seriously. They were allowing the women to start working. Nikki, to her credit vastly improved as a wrestler by the end. Yeah. And if it wasn't for her injuries piling up, uh, you know, I think she could have actually even gone on and hung in this modern era. Bree, not so much. But, no. you know, like, I, I think that there is an argument to be made for the Bellas to go in the Hall of Fame. I'm not mad at it. I get it. Um, there are lots of other women that should be in there and I just feel like they'll get in there eventually, not this year, fine. 
I get why the Bellas are going in. Um, it it's is what's what it best is for business. It is. It's. It is a business. We've decision. returned to the authority era. <laughs> it is. It's. It's a business decision. I, I don't think that they're going yeah. in there for the wrestling skills or for what they brought to the culture of professional wrestling. They're going in there because they were a big deal in WWE. And they helped WWE a lot in terms of mainstream acceptance and appeal. Yes, so. but the point I was driving at making is how many of the people that are brand ambassadors got in there because of that? None of them. They got in there because they were amazing champions, amazing mouthpieces, representatives, but that's what and but- in-ring performers right. for WWE. And I, I this was the first one that I kind of went, a lot of the former, but not a lot of the latter. You but know? I think what I'm what I'm saying is I think that they did have their place in wrestling in WWE for a time there. They wasn't you know they they wasn't like they were they're like just the last of bastion of the divas era you could say. Yeah, but they actually yeah. were at the part of the divas era where they actually had to get in there and wrestle yeah. as well by the end. Enter you know the I mean? four and, horsewomen right as NXT was sure. coming over. Yeah. Um. So there, I think that as far as wrestling is concerned, there's an argument to be made in terms of you know, their relevance to that as well. I think there's, there's enough. They weren't, they weren't just brand ambassadors. There, there was, was a, in-ring performance as well and being over with the crowds at the right. time. So There was a big deal made about Nikki getting that longest title reign record. Is, does that still stand uh, uh, from, a, from a consecutive number of days reign in WWE women's division main roster stuff? Or Becky's got to be getting close to that. I know I'm not talking about NXT. We know Oscar has that. Shayna also got really close, if not surpassed it. But I'm I'm looking at cons- there was some record that they made a huge deal about her getting way back, and I just I, I think it was the last Divas title run. But I feel like that's still there. That's still I don't know that they recognize it because it was the Divas title. I just don't know where that stands right now. So if, if you want an accolade to stack on Nikki, top of... Nikki is Nikki. 301 days uh, as Divas champion, which has currently been surpassed by Becky Lynch, who has, I think, 315 days as Raw All champion right. right now. Great. So she's, in the, she's, a number, she's the longest reigning Divas champion. That is her accolade. Cool. Cool. <laughs> there was a Symphony of Destruction match, Nick. Yes! Symphony of Destruction. Love the name. Kind of hate the match, not going to lie. Uh, Nakamura and Cesaro versus Braun Strowman and Elias. I don't Braun, know, man. <laughs> with the callback, Elias comes out with his guitar and sings a song about how they're going to beat uh, Shinsuke and, 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 and Cesaro, and Braun comes back out with a stand-up face. How good does my boy look with that intercontinental title strapped around his waist and that giant stand-up bass on his shoulder? Take oh, or leave the title, so but the, good. I'm sorry. Braun coming out with a stand-up bass is a thing of glory. Yes. And the callback to that, did I, it popped me. I, I'll yeah. admit it. Especially because the commentary called out, like, oh, is Elias cool with that? Because <laughs> he's the one that got murdered with it last time. Right. I guess they put it behind them. But, yeah, this was a, basically a, just a chaos match. They put him um, through it. Comedy, prop match. Like, you know, there was a gong. Shinsuke Nakamura used the, uh, um, what do you call them? The, the, the mallets. mallets. Yeah. Mallets as, as nunchucks. That was beautiful. Um, oh God, I loved that. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> ended with uh, ended with Cesaro going through a table and Braun putting Shinsuke through a piano, um, with Shinsuke getting the back of his head busted open, which was gnarly. I don't, Poor I, guy. I think they forgot to gimmick that piano. <laughs> I think they. I think Shinsuke forgot he's in WWE. Take it easy, man. That's not. Right. Come on. Getting a bunch of tables in the back of your head isn't taking it easy. Right. Were you Were you entertained by this, or was this yeah. just an embarrassing misuse of talent? 
Leading question. Embarrassing? No. Uh, is it? Does it do anything to build the Intercontinental feud as we're six to eight weeks out from Mania? No. No. That's what I was disappointed the, in. Right, because this isn't building an Intercontinental feud. This is a gimmick match. This yeah. is just. They had like a little, they had like a little thing where they were, they, you know, uh, uh, Sammy Zayn had a ukulele and he was playing a song and Elias had a guitar. Ha ha. They all are using instruments. <laughs> you know, what would be funny. Let's yeah. have Sammy Zayn hit big Braun Strowman with that tiny guitar. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> That's yeah. what this match it's, was. Okay, so you you would you agree? And I was doing thing. that the whole time. <laughs> he but were put you the drum over his head? <laughs> were you entertained by that? Of course, or I were was. you like this is stupid? This is you eating the popcorn, watching it. Okay. You know, there's no stakes involved, which is the disappointing part. But that's that's why they have this matches for <laughs> time filler okay. kind of stuff. Yeah, it's and just- I, I I appreciated the historical callback of uh, Elias. And Strowman having that first Symphony Destruction match, and now they're teaming up in the next one. There's something that I appreciated about that. Okay. So. I, I, I think I see what you're coming at. If I had turned my brain off a little bit yeah. more, maybe I would have enjoyed it more. Imagine just, you're a 12-year-old. That's, that's a blast. You're, you're right. going to have that's a good what time. I, that's what I always say about <laughs> WWE, and I, maybe I forgot it when I was watching this match. I certainly did not forget it when I was watching Carmella versus Naomi for the number one contendership for uh, Bailey's title. Good God, this was garbage. Um, yep. that, or as, uh, sorry, as, uh, as Corey Graves said, it's an overly cautious match. <laughs> That's one way to put it. I was actually to the point, Nick, where I was wondering if Carmella got clocked at some point. Cause she just seemed out of it. In this, this is match. a far cry from the match she had with Bailey last week. Yeah. Serious. Like she looked good last week. Neither one of them looked good here. Oof. Is, they were is just, that a, they is were that a off. Credit, is that a they credit were, to Bailey or is that just these two ladies being off? I don't, I don't know. know. Yeah, was Naomi rusty? Like I kept trying to figure out who was screwing up what, uh, and it was just they both just seemed like they were not communicating. Like they were both just not lining up. Um, you know, again, it's it's hard to say when you're not in there and you're not actually the wrestlers. Um, you know, I, we could we could run a speculation and, and hazard a guess, but it definitely just all it did was feel like they were just off um the thing i want to say to wwe here is i appreciate giving opportunities i really do is this the best you can do is we we've we've seen bailey not so much hit it out of the park like not do a terribly good job with this heel turn not be that good of a champ last week was a vast improvement this week she was good uh, you know hang on time out Hear All right. Out. Uh, uh, we had an awesome little buildup with Facey Evans that puttered out and went nowhere after yep. the match. We got a little return. Now we've got Renee Young calling her sexy Southern Belle. I guess it's a little less creepy than Michael Cole doing it. But we've got Carmella and Naomi as your number. Is this the best you can do to find a contender? <laughs> is there no one else? I, no, they're all over on Raw. That's the problem. Uh, it is. It does seem like a fairly shallow division. And the, I think if this had been like a barn burner of a match, you know what I mean? Like the the mentality was in the right place. Have these two women who, you know, are, like you build up both of them. Yeah. Right. Th- that the booking wise, it was in the right place. The fact they both looked like crap in this match did not help how it all looked. And this is the criticism that we have with AEW as well. It's like if you go out there and have a crap match with two people that you're promoting as being your top female talent, uh, 
it kind of it, it speaks bad about your whole division. And how do you take one of these two, the, the two that you've anointed as the number one contender potentials, and have them actually go over Bailey? How does, it, how does it become realistic that they could even possibly do that after you watched this match last night? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, think, I, they can, I think they can build up Naomi. I think at this point she looks more credible than Carmella. Sure. Um, and, and also it's going to be at Super Showdown. Oh, okay. So is is there going to, like, that was the other thing. Is Really? It doesn't seem like a little bit early to have Naomi going for Bailey because to me it seemed logical that Naomi would be the next champ. Maybe it's not. And there was a Lacey uh, Evans segment later on where she had, you know, was talking smack about Sasha and Bailey, and maybe Lacey's going to come back and avenge her her loss at Royal Rumble at Mania against Bailey, or maybe she's going to a program with Sasha. I don't know. It's all over the place right now in this division. I have no idea where their heads are at. If they're going to try and push Naomi, or if they're going to try and push Lacey again, um, it's dude. It's in Tampa. All right, that's right up the road from Na- or is Tampa Na- Naomi's hometown? It's somewhere Ta- in Florida. Naomi lives in Tampa. Yeah. Is it Ta- is it Tampa? I thought it was yep. Fort Lauderdale. Nope. But anyway, okay. There you go. And I know that Naomi already has won the championship in her hometown before. You know what? It's also it, very close to. Do it's it about again. An hour and a half due west of Orlando. What's in Orlando? NXT. You know who's sitting on the bench doing jack shit right now? A bunch of ladies down in NXT. Thank you, chat, for calling all of that out. This is. I don't understand why this there's not a call up of two to three really strong upper mid card ladies from the women's division in NXT because they've been doing nothing with Io Shirai. I'm, Candace I'm not going to lie, that I'm terrified of them doing that. They've also got Alexa and Nikki over on SmackDown as well. They have a lot of totally possible potential women over on that brand. What happened they're with just, the Nikki thing earlier? They're just misusing them. Yep. Oh, Nikki wasn't there because she was sick. But no, it's it, they're they're I'm talking they're about for the title contention. Oh, a few yeah, months well, ago, they had Nikki was, and Alexa going for no, the... Yeah. Right. I think there's something else they're doing there. But again, that's my point. They've already got women. Don't call up other women that are doing really well in NXT and, and ruin them on the main roster. I'm, I'm over the whole call-up thing. Don't do it. If you've got people you can work with, which they do, make it work with what you got before you try to just like hot shot and just throw random people in there and hope that someone sticks which we just complained about earlier. It's what they did with a whole bunch of those NXT people, and it sucked. I don't know. I disagree with you here a little bit. This is a perfect opportunity to do that and have them come in and look like actual contenders. And the only – name me anybody else in NXT that's getting any love in the women's division besides Bianca Belair and Rhea Ripley right now. Well, Io is out injured. Dakota Kai and Tegan Knox are having their Dakota Kai and Tegan, they're going to have a cage match next week or at some point down the line. Um, so there's, they're getting there's at least shine. five, if not 10 ladies that are back there that you could bring up to be challengers. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know if we're going back to the time when we struggle to get all the women on TV. I don't know what I like less, you know, where we have these big tag matches with where we let's get all of them on TV. We used to make that trope, right? Or is it better to be uh, condensed and filtered like this where it's just one or two? I don't know which I like less. But I don't yeah. like I don't like either one of them. Well, it's they've got to, they've got to do better work on yeah. on building their women. Uh, Daniel Bryan, who came out at the end of the Bella's segment and brought out Birdie, uh, Birdie's debut on TV. She oh, was looking jokes. she was looking very much <laughs> confused by the massive crowd. But at least she was looking happy that her daddy was making everyone go yes, yes, yes. That was kind of cute. Yeah. Uh, he came out and had a rematch against Heath Slater, who's now being uh, what taught mentored by Drew Gulak, mm-hmm. who said that he knows how to beat Daniel Bryan. Is what? your prophecy coming true? 
Are we going to book Heath Slater with Drew Gulak to rise up and potentially defeat Daniel Bryan? Is it true that anybody, including Heath Slater, with six months of good booking, could have a championship run? Either that or we're heading towards Drew Gulak versus Daniel Bryan, which if you can put them in a decent feud, the two of them wrestling would be lovely. Except I feel it's a huge step down perception-wise for Daniel Bryan because (laughs) Drew Gulak has just been a jobber since since he, you know... Then they brought him over to SmackDown. Yeah. Um, so I'm not. Yeah, having Daniel Bryan pivot from the world title, the universal title picture, to Drew Gulak and Heath Slater is bizarre to say the least. The only thing I can think is happening here is we're going to end up with Daniel Bryan versus Sheamus because Sheamus is still yammering about short people and how he's going to clean up SmackDown. So that's the only thing I can see happening here. They're just keeping Daniel Bryan busy. Oh God. Um, let's get to the let's get to the thing that you probably want to talk about the most. Tucker and Otis. Yeah. We had Tucker uh, tell Mandy she's a bad person. I thought I knew you. I thought you were cool. I thought you had my boy Otis's best interest in mind, but you invited that scumbag Dolph Ziggler to dinner. What was that? I don't like you. And he stalked away, and Mandy seemed like she felt some remorse. But then later... Hang on, you missed something. Uh He called out Mandy. He said he was... You said you were running late. And she goes, "I, I I didn't send a text. I'm... I'm looking at you, Sonya Deville. I'm looking at you, Dolph Ziggler. Sonya's Dolph, in on this somehow. You think? You yep. think? You don't think? Uh, you don't think it's Ziggler? No. Nope. Okay, we're overthinking this way too much. The bottom line is, later on, Mandy accepted a ride from Dolph Ziggler. Oh yeah, I got a car outside. You're, I'm sorry. You want to come ride with me? And she's like, Oh yeah, okay, sure. Because she has no heart, no feelings, and Dolph Ziggler is an evil bastard. Mm. And but of course, Otis was hiding behind. The, uh, the box is right nearby and overheard the whole thing and came out looking even more grim than last week. So, Nick, um, here's a rumor. Here's a rumor. Dolph Ziggler versus Otis at WrestleMania. Mandy, special guest referee. If that's where this ends, would you be satisfied? Night and day from Lana Lashley wedding. Yes. <laughs> uh, you know, if that's how this ends up and somehow Otis saves the day again and rescues Mandy. Uh, what this needs to be is Otis being the knight in shining armor. That's how this has gotten over. He's caught her falling off the ropes. He caught her coming over the ropes in the rumble in those those spots, right? That's how this needs to continue to go on. That's how it works. If you make it about some love triangle bullshit, that's where it's going to fall on its face. And I feel like I, I'm... I'm Oh, I'm feeling bad vibes it's, now that it's going in that there. direction. It's already there. It's already a love triangle, Nick. I hate to break it, it. This is the definition could, of a love triangle. I agree, but it could flip back around, and Otis could 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 show his valor and, he, no, and absolutely. save the day again. This is going to be one of those things where there's going to be a huge Otis and Mandy finally get together moment at WrestleMania, and everyone's going to pop, and you're going to cry, and it's going to be great. <laughs> um, yeah. Yes. They finally. It's Otis going to be awesome. God is peach. Yeah. So, yeah, I, that's fine. If that's where they're building to, I think they're doing a good job of, of pacing it out. It's the one really good thing on SmackDown right now. I, I'm going to throw it out. I'll, I'll, I'll admit it. Um, let's I'm see. We talked about something else here in a minute that's going to shock some people. Okay. Goldberg. Goldberg was actually in the building. They advertised that he was there, and he was actually there. I'll be damned. He came out to the ring and said, uh, Pyro. We had his pyro back. He didn't stand in it this time because that shit hurts. Yeah, he did. But. He was behind it, man. 
Oh, okay. Go look again. He was standing yeah, behind. He wasn't. Those, he wasn't. Sparks. Those sprinklers were going on forever. <laughs> and he was like, "I ain't getting that shit again. I did that for years. I'm I didn't pour that. water on myself this time. That shit's hot. That's it. Sucks." Um. But he, yeah, he came out and said, yeah, 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 the Fiend, I ain't worried about him, no big deal. Bray Wyatt appears on the Titan Tron as, uh, in the Firefly Funhouse and says, hey, Goldberg, we're going to get you. Here's all my friends. Uh, and they all say hi, and Rambling Rabbit says, I love you, Goldberg, and says, you traitor, chases him off. Uh, but he says, oh, there's one more you haven't met yet. And sure enough, the lights go out, and the lights come back on, and Goldberg goes, I know, the Fiend, and you're right behind me. Camel oh, you're behind me, aren't you? <laughs> pulls back, and sure enough, the fiend's right there. And Goldberg spears the shit out of him. And then the fiend is knocked into the corner. Looks like they're going to go at it again. Lights go out. Fiend's gone. End of the show. Uh, anticlimactic. Was this fun? Did, we, did you get hyped? What You said you wanted to talk about this. Nick, the floor is yours. As much as I hate to admit it, I am a massive... I don't hate to admit the fact that I'm a massive Goldberg mark. I love Goldberg. He w- when I was a younger man, he was the big scary monster that was undefeated and just whooped everybody's ass. And I think that resonates with a lot of young men out there. Um, but I, I, I wanted to dislike this, and I don't. I, I'm, I'm kind of I, I want to see what happens. I don't hate this as much as I thought I would. It's an exhibition. It's a it's a spot match that we're gonna have on the other side of the world in the worst venue possible, and the last time we saw Goldberg in a match of this venue it didn't work out so well. That's putting it mildly. Um, but it's Bray Wyatt and it's Goldberg. <sighs> Bray Wyatt versus Goldberg. Yeah. So I mean, is the Fiend gonna no sell the jackhammer so... and the spear, the legendary ones? Yeah, I, I, Nick, I, I'm so happy that you're into this. This is just a big yawn from me. <laughs> uh, I thought it was an awkward way to end the show. I thought it was overall. I think it's lame. If Goldberg wins first, like people are starting to start rumors. He ain't winning. Well, Goldberg might. If he no, does, he's no, he's not. Because it sounds like a better idea to have Goldberg versus Roman Reigns at WrestleMania than the Fiend versus Roman Reigns. If he wins, it's going to suck. It's that's a horrible idea. It ruins the Fiend. And it's, I, I think Goldberg and Reigns is a terrible WrestleMania main event. If, it's, if, if the Fiend wins, which of course I believe he will, then Goldberg, then this whole thing is just meaningless. This was pointless. Why watch this? Because Why have this? the Fiend is going to take out the legendary Goldberg. Okay, so one that more when, picture when, on the wall. Sure. And if you look at that wall of people that have been taken out, all of that is going to transfer onto Roman Reigns when he beats him at WrestleMania. Yay. Great. Yawn. That's, that's yawn. It's all part of the plan. Hey, it's part yeah. of the plan, pal. Yeah. Well, that's what this, we're doing here. This Get plan close. sucks. Newsflash. Uh, yeah. <laughs> all right, Nick. We're running behind. We got to catch up here. Yeah. Uh, as we said, Seamus is still, it says he's done with Gable and Cruz. Nobody They cares. had a little. They had a little segment where they apparently are at odds, but Gable's still like trying to beat Sheamus. Okay, fine, yeah. whatever. Sheamus is going to the Elimination Chamber. He's announced for that. Uh, finally, there was some static interference that's been happening the last couple of weeks on SmackDown. A little psh, psh, and this one was a little bit longer. What do you think this is? Is this Ali redebuting, or is this yeah. somebody else like <coughs> Killer Cross, Killer Cross? Uh, what do you think this is? I had to freeze frame it, but I found a, 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 I got to a static frame where it was the blue yeah. uh, light circle thing that Ali like has on his hand. Exactly. That's the only thing I can put together. 
that was it. That's that's the pretty much right now. The scuttlebutt is either it's Ali redebuting with a new gimmick or a stronger gimmick, or it's Killer Cross. Yeah. One of the two. Yeah. Um, either way, I'm intrigued. Yeah. Uh, Nick, that is it for SmackDown. We're gonna have to rush through the end of the show here. Uh, let's head over and talk about New Japan. Well, we've been on New Japan Road, and I'm behind for blatantly obvious reasons, uh, in case you haven't been keeping up with current events. Um, There's a bunch of shows, and I'll try to run through them here for you. Yeah, go for it. This has been kind of a long road here. Yeah, so uh, basically, over the last few days, there's actually they're they're not messing around with this New Japan Road stuff. Gato is shuffling the deck on a few things, um, airing out some of the some of the moths in the closet, as as if you will. Um, but we also had some just baller matches. Obviously, uh, since Suzuki and Moxley, we've also had Ishii and Shingo for the uh, never open weight belt, and that was as much of a war as you would think it would be. Ishii could barely walk after this match. Uh, it was it was just absolute brutality, but definitely worth checking out. I had a lot of fun with this because I like it when guys hit each other real hard. Uh, Sho and Yo uh, finally had to overcome their coaches. They faced off against. Um, uh, Rocky Romero. Was there any uh, doubt? Was, no, it, there wasn't, but it was a nice moment. Sure. It was a nice moment. Nice little hat tip for Taguchi and... Um, uh, and Rocky. Rocky, yeah. Yeah, but it was also a, it was a way of saying that, like, okay, show and yo, you were ready to go off and, and find your own way. Yeah. So I thought, I, I dug it. I dug the story here, Nick. Okay. Uh, last night we had the Manabu Nakanishi retirement show. Uh, oh, I need to watch that. Oh, it's... Yeah, it's... <clears throat> It's got some feels. The final match there um, was uh, the the big tag match: Okada, Tanahashi, Ibushi, and Goto versus uh, all the all the New Japan dads: Kojima, Nagata, Tenzan, and of course Nakanishi. The match ends and spoilers. The match ended with Nakanishi eating every single finisher from the other team. He ate a rainmaker. He ate a, uh, a Kagoya knee. He ate the GTR, and finally he ate a high fly flow and got pinned one, two, three for, to be retired. So, what a way to you, go thank out! Thank you, thank you. Seriously, right? Great way to go out. Thank you, Manabu, for everything. Uh, really awesome career and a badass dude. Man, he was gassed in that match. It is time. <laughs> it is time for him to retire. Arigato Nakanishi-san. Arigato gozaimashita. Uh, speaking of Tanahashi and Ibushi, I'm about to blow your mind oh. because, in case you weren't aware. They are now the tag team champions. They beat the Gorillas of Destiny a couple days ago for the Gorillas of Destiny's recent tag team uh, championships. Of course, they beat uh, Finn Juice over here in the States. Now, don't n- do Nick, it. No, don't, Nick, no, no, Nick, don't do it. A to pair me. of singles wrestlers, the top singles wrestlers, are your tag team champions over in God New Japan. God damn it. I called this. I told you it was going to happen. We it's just got off of Juice and Finley. We're doing this we again? Just- you just got done screaming about how much you hate it over here in the U.S. And, and WWE, why do you keep doing this? AEW now has two singles wrestlers as their champions. Uh, uh, NXT, two singles wrestlers as their champions. Uh, uh, luckily, SmackDown right now, no, right now, it's on a legit tag team. Uh, For now. To Raw, two singles wrestlers. And now New Japan. Tanahashi and Ibushi are your tag team champions. Um <laughs> and their first challengers aren't going to take it off of them. Zack Sabre Jr. and Taichi attacked them after the match. There's your first challengers. They're not taking it off of these two. Uh, so it looks like they're going to be champions for at least a little while. 
Finally, awesome. uh, Minoru Suzuki has been on a rampage ever since losing to John Moxley. Uh, first, he murdered Yuya Uemura. Poor young lion. You know what happens with Suzuki and young lions? Oh yeah. This was a particularly brutal one. Like this is Suzuki's forearms have always been really gnarly, but this week has been some of the gnarliest Suzuki forearms I've seen in quite some time. He, when I say he murdered Uemura, I mean the boy dead. Like he did. <laughs> There was just a body lying on the chairs oh, in the did. crowd. He's dead. He was Lance dead. Lance Archer's been then, slacking a little bit recently, I guess. So Suzuki had to Suzuki's pick up the slack. Up. <laughs> yeah, he's picked up slack, all right. He also got went toe to toe with Juice Robinson in a tag match. Uh, I don't know if it was last night or night before. I Poor lost Juice. track of time. No, Juice tried to go toe to toe with him on some forearms, and Suzuki just laid him out. <laughs> just, just dropped him to the floor. It was. Oh. It was beautiful. Murder Grandpa strikes again. So He's New Japan, back. Been, <laughs> been, you know, not nothing big, no, no major shows, but stuff's been happening. It's been really entertaining shows. New Japan's been a lot of fun the last couple weeks. Heading towards New Japan Cup starting March 10th. That mm. is New Japan, sir. Thank you very much, sir. Ian Dangerous. Well, we're going to close things out as we always do with our new segment, courtesy of patron Sean Clark, with our moment of positivity. <laughs> So, Ian, real quick, before we get to the end here, what was the one thing, if you had to pick one thing, that just made you happy this week? <sighs> I mean, I'm tempted to say that Omega Hangman Lucha Brothers match because that was just mm. awesome. But I'm actually going to say it was seeing our boy, Jeff Cobb, on AEW TV. Yeah. That's just every time I see just one of our, our people get get a huge exposure like that it's just it's just mind-blowing and it's really cool so i'm gonna say seeing jeff cobb on international tv yeah like you i was gonna i was looking at that lucha brothers match with omega and hangman and i'm going that's an obvious one i'm looking at um like the God, cody the, the moon the moon salt was a good the moon one too. salt with the, in the cage mat first cage uh. match in aew and i'm like that's an obvious one here's the one that i'm going to throw you a curveball on out of left field the thing that made me really happy this week was we actually got what felt like to me a full reboot reset beginning of mm. the women's division in aew Oh, and okay. I'm, I'm looking at this very pie eyed right now in the sense that I have really high hopes for Chris and Shauna that, that wrestled this week, but also the massive promo we got out of Nyla Rose, the Which work that Brit, the work that Britt Baker's doing right now that yep. I was down on initially, but have come She's full come circle on like it's, yep. it's getting really good guys. I mean, so you did a 180. You can't go full circle. Division, back where you start. Fine. The women's division in AEW is my moment of positivity this week because it feels like we're at the beginning again and somebody's doing it right. And so that that's mine. I, it made me very happy this week. Out of all the things that were blatantly obvious, I, I wanted to call attention to something that might not... Yeah. Might not, people might have overlooked, right? Really good call, man. Really good call. Yeah, things are, things are smelling delicious over on AEW and it might be because of Jeff Cobb. If I can do one more, if you'll humor me, uh, humor, it was humor. a huge moment of positivity for me uh, that actually made me very emotional to find out that I did not have a torn rotator cuff. That's a big one. Not yes. wrestling related, but that's a that's yeah. a big one. NWR, but no rotator cuff injury <laughs> and recovery necessary. But Ian, that's our show. Oh, no, wait! Oh, you God. guys didn't think we were done yet, did you? We've got just enough time for our other news lightning round! Beep, 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 beep. 
going to be a quick one today to try to get it all in. Uh, ratings news, AEW, 893,000 with a .31. NXT, 794,000 with a .25. NXT getting... Close the last couple of weeks. They're all still holding about the same numbers, but they are getting a little bit closer. Bigger, Biggest NXT show in a while, which is funny given the fact that I thought it was kind of lackluster compared to some of their shows recently. But, mm. hey, man, competition is healthy. There's uh, there's sixteen, there's 1.6 million people watching wrestling on Wednesday night. That's awesome. The shows on Wednesdays are awesome. It's a good time to be a wrestling fan. Mm. It's not a good time to be Samoa Joe because God <laughs> Damn it, the dude is injured again. He was filming a WWE commercial and somehow got himself injured again. We don't know how this timetable is to return, but come on, Joe. Scary you did part how many is matches? This, this might be concussion number two if I'm hearing things right. That's yeah. scary. You get to number three and that's you're, you're in the like Troy Aikman you're, territory. You're, you're, you're on commentary, done. buddy. Yeah. Yeah. Which I, I wouldn't be mad just, at. I was just watching a match from, I think, 2004, Joe versus Necro Butcher. And it's just, I'm watching this match and going, like, how do you get through this match that's just one of the most brutal things you've ever seen? And he's, like, literally trying to kill Necro Butcher. Like, I'm pretty sure he, like, Necro Butcher just, like, pissed him off at some point because he was trying to kill the man. And no injuries, or at least no, nothing appreciable, nothing, nothing that made you stop. But no, you just can't stop getting injured. Start calling him Glass Joe. Um, Naomi. We were talking about her. If you want to know why she took so much time off, it wasn't because of Jimmy Uso uh, being suspended at the same time or being out at the same time. It was actually because she had to go bury her cousin who passed away while giving childbirth, Mm. uh, which was really rough for her and for her whole family. They have a a big, tightly knit family. But also, she was fighting anemia. Apparently, uh, due to an ulcer in her stomach, she she was really anemic and didn't even know why she was so tired all the time. Uh, the doctor said that it was almost very, very serious. And had she gone another couple of weeks or even a month, it might have been uh, career-threatening. Uh, this so, isn't sickle cell we're talking about, is it? No, it is not. Okay. It is not as, as far as, as what she said, okay. no. But uh, she said it's a that very it was, large plight on the African-American community specifically. So that's when you, when you said that, that's the first thing I thought of. Yes, so, no, that was not, not what it was. Apparently, okay. it was just regular, regular old ulceric anemia. She's I got, all good now, right? Obviously, she's, she's all good contending. now. Apparently, yeah, yeah she got a treat. the championship. She's, she's good. <laughs> she says she's got a lot more energy than she's ever had. She was nervous good. about coming back. But interestingly enough, she also said that she felt like there was nothing for her on the main roster. And she asked if she could go down to NXT and feud with Bianca Belair. Mm. Uh, obviously, that did not happen but because they found stuff for her on the main roster. But interesting that that's the, the point we're at where the main roster stars are like, hey, uh, that NXT stuff's looking pretty fun. Can I get on there? Because they're actually going to take care of me. Right. Uh, Wrestling Observer News has reported that WWE is talking to ESPN about putting their pay-per-views on ESPN+. Plus, uh, This is, to me, seems like kind of a logical leap from what they were saying in the, uh, in the last quarterly business report. Um, the, qu- the real question is ESPN does their pay-per-views for about 60 bucks. Um, if they do this, is this going to ruin WWE and their current model? No, because I don't think it's an either or. It's a plus one. It's a net net. It's for people that don't have the network, but maybe have ESPN plus, and they'll have that subscription and be able to get it that way without subscribing to the network because that's not possible right now. You have to be a network subscriber. So do they grow the viewership of the pay-per-views by syndicating it? That's this is a syndication play. I don't I don't think it's like look, there's some insider information I've been skeptical to share because I haven't verified it, but we we've gotten information on the tiers yeah uh, that are breaking down and it's the 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 network we know and love today at 999 
is not going to change. Apparently, they're going. From what I understand, they're going to introduce an additional tier above yeah, it, and they're going to have a free tier that they've promised before. Right. Um, but the if the wherever the pay per views go, they're not leaving the network. It's going to be a plus, not a either or. Just wanted okay. to clarify. Well, because because they they are saying that they want to sell the rights to the pay per views to ESPN Plus and possibly charge for them. So sure, but I don't think that's exclusive rights. Let's be clear on on that part. Okay, uh, let's let's hope not because I think yeah. that would be really bad for the fans. Everybody uh, would, especially would at a time the where the fans are, the fans are already kind of like, eh, yeah, we'll, we'll watch NXT and AEW, man. Um, but yeah, I think it'd be a bad idea. Speaking of WWE making bad decisions, Vicky Guerrero says that after she appeared on AEW TV, WWE ghosted her and wouldn't let superstars come on her podcast. They literally stopped returning her calls. So uh, that's a. Uh, that seems like a fairly petty move on WWE's part, but at the same time, that's, hey, Wednesday Night Wars, right? That's not a war. No, we all love each other. Really? Yeah. Really? Love okay. it. All love in wrestling. All love in wrestling. Well, business is business. Right. Uh, over in New Japan, you may have noticed a young Kenny Omega-looking guy ringside as a young lion. He's got kind of curly hair. Looks like the, uh, the kid in uh, Excalibur, the old John Borman movie. Right. Uh, it looks like, like uh, what is it, Mordred? That's actually Joe Bailey. That's William Regal's kid. William Regal's son is a young lion in New Japan right now. So keep your eyes open for him. Really? Hopefully, they, <laughs> hopefully some big things on the way for that boy. Uh, Tyler Bate. Tyler Bate is injured. He was supposed to be at OTT's Dead On uh, the 23rd. Is that today? Tyler Bate. Tyler, Tyler Bate's injured. Okay. Calm down there, buddy. Uh, yeah, he's, he's going to miss OTT. No word on what the injury is, but if you were going to OTT's dead on to see him, uh, he will not be there. Damn it. Uh, Cody did that crazy moonsault on AEW TV this week and remarkably wasn't injured except for fracturing his big toe. Uh, oh. You may notice when he comes down, his right foot goes straight into the mat. Apparently, he just got a, uh, a, a fracture where the bone didn't offset it's just it just you know cracked it a little bit so he's not going to miss any time he's just going to tape it up walk through it um actually considering the move itself it's kind of a miracle that's all that happened to that's him. it yeah okay that's it you're good <laughs> yep nikki cross uh was not on moment of bliss due to being sick as i said earlier apparently she's got a nasty flu-like bug as per killian dane who was on dio madden's live stream so that if you're wondering where nikki cross was it's not because they're stopping that few, that that program it's just she was sick as a dog. Right. And finally, AAA's Rey de Reyes is coming up. Uh, they have announced the card. It's a damn good-looking card. I'm not going to lie. Uh, Psycho Clown, just that Monster first Clown, match and Murder I'm Clown. I'm marking out already. <laughs> yeah, dude, look at this. All the clowns. Psycho Clown, Monster Clown, and Murder Clown versus Rush, L.A. Park, and Bestia del Ring. Um, the uh, Torneo de Reyes with the, basically like their, their rumble. Blue Demon Jr., Aerostar, Michael Nakazawa, Mascarita Sagrada, Mr. Iguana, uh, Nino Amburguesa, Dave the Clown, Aries, Nasia, and uh, Villano uh, the Trace Jr. There's also the big matches. The, the Mega Campeon, in case you've forgotten, Kenny Omega is the AAA Mega Campeon right now. He'll be defending his title against Laredo Kid. I don't see him dropping it to Laredo Kid. No. Also, the current AAA Tag Team Champions are the Lucha Brothers. Pentagon and Phoenix, they're defending against the Rascals, who you may know if you're a fan of Impact or if you were here in L.A. at uh, PWG. That's Desmond Xavier and Zachary Wentz. That's going to be an absolutely fantastic 
fantastic match. Strap calling in for it, that one, folks. Calling it right now. <laughs> uh, the trios champions currently are Ijude Vikingo, uh, Mr. Z's, and Octagon Jr. They're defending against Rey Scorpion, Texano Jr., and La Hiedra. And then, uh, let's see, you've got a couple other matches, too, like Drago and Drago Kid versus La Parca Negra and Parquita Negra. So, yeah, really awesome show there. Keep your eyes out. That is going to be going down. Uh, let's see. Why did I not have that written down? Uh, da, 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 da. Looks I was like going to say, is that be... tonight or this weekend? No. Why do I not have this written down? Uh... March 21st. Good grief. It'll be live oh, on okay. Twitch. Yeah, live on Twitch, March 21st. Wow, they're so, doing it live. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Mm-hmm. Free gonna to be watch. A good show. Holy gonna smokes. Going to be a good show. So check that out. Go follow. The that tri- is, I think it's AAA Libre uh, is their Twitch channel, if I'm remembering yeah. right. Some some really fun stuff there, man. Yeah. But check that out. That is the news, Nick. Thank you very much, Syrian Dangerous. And thank you guys for hanging with us. Thank you for all the love and the welcome backs and all that good stuff. Oh, yeah. Uh, except for you, JB. You and I got to have a chat. We got to figure hey, something out here. Hey, she did a great uh, job, and you know it. Well, okay. We'll talk about that. So, I'm not, uh, not going to say that, that everyone wants her uh, back on the show, Nick. I'm not, I'm not going to say that, you know, she was kind of awesome to have on the show, but, you know. Go learn how sorry, to run buddy. a live stream, and then we can talk. Um, <laughs> all right. Touche. She knows a lot more about fashion than you do. Uh, that's fair. Uh, this is not a fashion podcast. She's taken a lot more bumps than you have. We do need some fodder for the uh, YouTube channel, though. So if she wants to do a fashion segment video on the week, I don't know. Maybe we could. I could hand her our Instagram channel, and it could become a fashion influencer yeah. channel. Who oh knows? We do wrestling here. Uh, <laughs> She's going to backdrop you. Be careful. We'll see. Uh, come over and join us in Facebook. Guys, fa- just search for Busted Wide Open. Like our page and send us a join request to get into the group with the rest of the phenomenal ones and ourselves. You can find all kinds of fun memes, great news articles from trusted sources in there, uh, as well as a link to our Discord server where you can get into live chat channels for every show throughout the week, including dedicated chats for the spoilerific content of every single pay-per-view, such as TakeOver, uh, Portland last weekend and AEW Revolution coming up next week, and yes, there will be one on Thursday for Super Showdown because we yeah. we do that. We got to cover do. it, right? Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. But we'll we'll hang out. And we'll have some fun anyway, even if it's terrible, which it likely will be. We'll have fun. We're gonna have fun. We'll have fun. We'll have uh, fun. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at BWO Podcast. We stream live here at YouTube.com/slash Busted Wide Open every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern and every Saturday at 3 p.m. Eastern. But don't go anywhere because we're gonna come right back after this one with a brand new stream for our patron mailbag series. Which, if you've been listening for a long uh, time, yes, you might remember the listener questions segment we used to do. Well, we've now made that its own dedicated series called the Patron Mailbag that we mm. do as its own show so hang tight refresh the channel we'll be right back with that as soon as we're done with this one right here but to get into asking those questions we always make that exclusive the ability to ask the questions at least to our patrons so head over to patreon.com slash bwo sign up for just that five dollar tier to get in and ask your questions every week as well as get copies of the show notes for every episode bonus episodes at the ten dollar tier skype calls and sweet swag and there's all kinds of good stuff over at patreon.com slash bwo but my name is nick howell you can find me on twitter at data center dude and i am sir ian dangerous you can find me on twitter at Sir Ian Dangerous. But my God! Would somebody stop the damn map? This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. 
for more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out, orbitaljigsaw.com.